Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. By the way, just you know, it's it's classic examples of what's going on. You know, I could go back to 2017 when they beat the Giants on September 10th, 19 to three, and then they come back and get beat by the Broncos. I mean, the marquee game being the first, you know, one of the first games of the season, and then go ahead and lay the eggs against the Broncos for God's sake. No quarterback. And then we can go to September 25th, get a win against the Arizona Cardinals, who were good at that time. I don't know if you want to call that marquee, but it was a good football team. Uh, They get the victory there. And then um, the next week, go ahead and lay an egg. Can't even read my own writing. The Rams. Lose to the Rams 35-31. Then in the same year, that that Kansas City could a good victory against Kansas City and then lay the eggs against Atlanta last year. Now, that's just last year. And I've got written down that 2016 was a pretty good season, so I give them the credit. Credit where credit is due, the Dallas Cowboys had a good 2016 season. I'm, I'm actually impressed. But you want to go back to 2015? They did exactly what they did. Get a week uh, one win against the Giants, 27-26. Lay the eggs against the Eagles, who did not have the personnel that they have now. Not a good football team. And then they go ahead and lay the egg against the uh, the um, the Eagles. Mark that they beat the Eagles, then lost to Atlanta. So, you know, they get the victory against the Eagles in week number two. Then, uh, you know, and get that. Then. Week 13, big-time win, big-time division game win against Washington, 19-16. to Lay the egg against Green Bay. 2015, not bad season, but then it's 2014, 2013, 2011, 10, 12, 10, 9. I've got examples in each year that they did exactly what they did this year which is beat a very good New Orleans Saints football team, quite possibly the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. 
and then they go back and lay the egg. And that's what's going to happen. They have next week the Philadelphia Eagles. And, folks, that's not a good football team right now. If you're, if you're not a big Eagle fan and you're just not going to fall in love and say they're the greatest thing in the world and you can look at it, they're not a good football team. And the Dallas Cowboys will lose that game at home after that big, big-time victory. Why? It's simple, folks. It is simple. Two reasons why. Number one, they're not as good as everybody seems to think they are, even defensively, even though they stopped Drew Brees. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said it. They're not as good as they think they are. And the thing is, folks, when you're not as good as they think they are, they, you, they'll meet up against a different offense that will throw something, uh, you know, a monkey wrench in their plans on how they're going to defend it, and then they get burnt. That secondary is not as good as everybody thinks it is. I'm sorry. I've watched them. They had a good performance. They had to step up against your brace. Hey, I'm not saying they didn't. They did. But then they got Carson Wentz coming their way next week. Good luck with that. Because Carson Wentz is going to carve up their secondary. You watch. Or they'll get a running game going, one of the two. Dallas Cowboys have a lot of work to do because they won that game with 13 points scored. Folks, I'm telling you that's not going to get the job done against Philadelphia Eagles, okay? Now, granted, I would have said the same thing if they were going to get and go and play the Saints. Hold on. Um, I Cuervo, who just called me. Hmm. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'll go ahead. i got to find out what Cuervo needed. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and throw in our commercial. We'll be, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Okay, good. He's there. I'm wondering what he was calling me about. So hold on one second. I'll move back up here and go up underneath the I Hit that button right there. In case you didn't know, Your ass better call it's Cuervo on a Sunday morning. Just, no, hey, Cuervo, I, I think that you just tried to call me, and maybe it's because you were on hold forever. I don't know. What's up? <laughs> hey, good morning, son. You know, that was purely an accident. I, I went to my recent calls, and I accidentally called the mobile instead of the, uh, the switchboard number. So, purely an accident. Got it. All right. He is there. All right, good. Hey, are you surprised we're even going to be talking about football today? I mean, we kind of briefly spoke about it on Friday, but, you know, I, there's actually, in case people didn't know, especially Dallas Cowboy fans, there are games going on today. Yeah, you know, I mean, I honestly thought we were just going to recap the season since, you know, it ended on Thursday <laughs> night after Dallas beat New Orleans and we're automatically anointed Super Bowl champions. So that's what I thought we were doing today. It was kind of just going over the rest, you know, the the season and how everything went and, you know, pretty much, you know, better luck next year for everyone else. Lo and behold, there's a, there's a Sunday schedule of football games today. I, I had to double check, Sonny. I had to make sure I was like, you know, <laughs> I thought the season ended Thursday night. So I looked and I was like, wait a minute, there are more games going on. So, I don't know. I was really confused. I had to check the calendar, see what day it was, and 
Sure I enough, guess there's more football to play. Wow. There's got to be more football to play. And, you know, and, and we called it on on Friday. We both did. The Dallas Cowboys get that marquee win. And what do they do per history? I could go through every year except for two in the last 10 years and show you the marquee games they win. And they go and lay an egg because that's just who the Dallas Cowboys are. That's right. And, I tell you, Sonny, I, I, I have a feeling, and you know, Cowboys fans are going to hate me for this. I have a feeling history is going to repeat itself. I do too, without question. I, I, I mean, there is absolutely nothing that tells me that this team is ready to rock and roll and ready to go up against you know the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, granted, they're at home. Everything says the Cowboys should win this game. There's absolutely no way I pick the Dallas Cowboys next week. Now, that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We do have a full slate of football going on today, and so we might as well just get right at it because um, there, there's lots of games, and believe it or not, there's going to have a, there's a lot of games that are going on that will affect not only the Dallas Cowboys, but the NFCs. So let's start in the NFC on a game that's not really a game where I'm looking at and I'm saying, yeah, this one's going to be a good one. The 2-9 and nine, Arizona Cardinals losers of their last three take on the Green Bay Packers, who are 4-6, and six, who have lost two in a row. Someone's got to win this game. You would look at that and say, look at these records and go, wow, what has fallen off? Big time, though, here for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying any of that. But this is a football team that is home that is traditionally tough. The Arizona Cardinals, I, you know, they don't have a mental toughness going on in them in their whole bodies. Um, all of the Green Bay Packers in this one, not really a lot to talk about. Of course, we could dive into the stats and everything, but really who's the better team is just pretty much obvious here. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, and, and Green Bay has started to struggle some. You know, they lose last week to Minnesota. Uh, a couple of weeks ago they lost. So, I mean. Did you celebrate, uh, by the way? Did you, have a, did you have a big party that day? Because they have now, I looked at the numbers and every a 3% chance of making the playoffs. Oh, I mean, of course. I mean, I, I didn't celebrate too hard because <laughs> I had to work the next day, but. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I definitely did enjoy the moment. I definitely enjoyed it. Real Bear fans hate the Green Bay Packers, okay? That's just the way that it works. It's just the truth, and it happened there. But uh, Green Bay, I, and, and literally not a lot to spend on this game because I, I see Green Bay just wiping the Arizona Cardinals and rubbing their face in it get their fifth win. Of course, they need this win in reality when you take a look at it because of the fact of where they are as far as the season is is concerned and what's going on with them. They do have Atlanta. They do have Chicago in the next few weeks after this one. That Atlanta game should be awful interesting because both of those teams not very good right now. And then they finish up the season. They go to, after the Bears, they have the Jets and the Detroit Lions. So, um, you know, it's a pretty good schedule for them to make a run, Cuervo, in reality. But they got the, they got your Chicago Bears, so that that's one of the things that they've got to take a look at in their division. Because when you think about it, as far as where the Dallas Cow or as far as the Chicago Bears are concerned, you go back to the first game, the Green Bay Packers got the victory in week number one by one point. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, it took it took literally uh, a miracle for Green Bay to come back in that game, and and you know, it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth about how Absolutely. the Bears allowed them to come back and win that game. But you know, I mean, it was a lesson learned. I mean, the, the Bears are eight and two since that game, you know, since that dreadful night. But yeah, um, I mean, you know, it's it. It's growing pains for a team like like Chicago, and you know, for Green Bay, I think it's they they must have felt like, well, we got them right where we want them, and that's kind of what happened. So, um, but you know, I mean, you, you look at the way the rest of the season has gone so far, and um, you know, Green Bay four six and one. I mean, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. So it, it's it's I have pretty, I've been seeing them for the last couple of years. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you and I have talked about it. Uh, I, I guess I just, me personally, I just didn't want to believe it because, uh, you know, the fact that Green Bay has dominated this division for for so many years that yeah. it's like you have to see it to believe it type thing. And and for me as a Bears fan, yeah, I want to believe that, that you know, Green Bay is not uh, uh, as good of a team as they once were and, and, you know, riding the coattails of Aaron Rodgers and, you know, stuff like that that we've been talking about for years. But we just never saw it because Green Bay continued to find a way to win games. And this is the year that it fi- everything's finally catching up to them, Sonny. Everything that we've been talking about, this is the year that it's finally caught up to them where they've been holding the team, you know, hostage just because of all the money they've invested into in Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, everything everything's kind of coming into place as far as the things that we've been bringing up, and um, you know, for all those people that that thought that we were crazy for for saying the things we we were, well, there you have it. Yep, finally comes to fruition right here in this season, and you know that that is pretty much where they are sitting. So uh, Green Bay should have an easy time uh, against the Arizona Cardinals at home. So that's going to take us to our next uh, game. Hey, quietly, the Baltimore Ravens have won two in a row. Okay, I haven't been keeping track, but uh, they have they've won two in a row. Atlanta, though, I have been keeping track of. They have lost three in a row. So you've got a pretty good football team where these are – I'm going to tell you right now, you want to talk about mirror image of each other right now? That's what you get with Baltimore-Atlanta. They're almost the mirror image of each other going into this game where one team, Baltimore 6-5, and five, Atlanta 4-7, and seven, you know, one game here, one game there, they tend to have this same exact record. Uh, that having been said, you get the Baltimore Ravens uh, right now. The quarterback uh, position for Baltimore is not completely figured out. Uh, game time decision for Joe Flacco on whether or not he's going to start or is it going to be the rookie Lamar Jackson. So that brings a different kind of thread, a different kind of team. You know, and, and I'm not necessarily a Joe Flacco fan, but I, I just right now, you know, he, right now he's just not playing good football. And that has been proven. I mean, we've seen it. And then the only victory that Lamar Jackson gets involved with in the game, they get a victory. Uh, so what do you do? Do you ride the coattails on the hot arm, give Joe Flacco another week to get more healthy but yet still be mediocre as far as results are concerned? Or do the Baltimore Ravens just ride the coattails for the rest of the season with a uh, a rookie quarterback in Lamar ja- Jackson there, Cuervo? I, I think the Ravens are are telling Joe Flacco take your time, 
take your time, uh, getting over your injury, healing up, coming back. And I think secretly what, what Baltimore is doing is really giving Lamar Jackson an opportunity to, uh, you know, have the torch passed to him, you know, indirectly. Because I think this is what the Ravens are wanting. They they want Lamar Jackson to take over this team. And they're using Joe Flacco's injury as a way to kind of see what is you know yeah it's an excuse for them to see what uh, you know it's just, it's a preview of life after Joe Flacco so um you know they they they're, they're going to take advantage of this this opportunity that they have with with Flacco's injury to see what they have and and that's why I, I don't think the Ravens are hitting the panic button on bringing Joe Flacco back is they just don't want to rush him back for for that reason so, according to whatever is being said, unless he is fully uh, healed, and that's talking Flacco, we'll see Jackson. Uh, so, it really does throw a monkey wrench on how you look at this game and deciding on who you're going to take or who you're going to pick. As of right now, two-game winning streak right now, going with Jackson at the starting position, the high hand obviously right there. Uh, so, the team that they play, of course, they're going to have to take a look at it, that being the Atlanta Falcons. How are you going to attack that? What are you going to do in order to stop it? Um, and then, depending on the situation, whether or not they'll just end up throwing in there. But if you look at the whole thing, Jackson has rushed for 190 yards over the last two weeks, okay? He had 119 against Cincinnati last week. So, you know, it's definitely a different game when you've got Jackson in there compared to Joe Flacco, Flacco being that a traditional pocket passer, not running kind of guy, but you get Jackson out there. But Jackson does remind me of a certain guy, and we talked about it briefly on Friday when we came on the air for about an hour and 15 minutes. He reminds me of an RG3. And whether or not he's going to be smarter than RG3 is going to be the big question as he moves forward in his career because RG3 took some unnecessary, unneeded hits in his career. It's the reason why you're not seeing him out on the football field this year. Yeah, well, I mean, and I and I just think that the, the talent level is is a lot is a big gap in between, you know, the talent level of of Lamar Jackson and RG three as well. I mean, oh, and what's the I, I just don't. Is it more R, is it more RG three or is it more Jackson who's more talented? What's your opinion on that? Oh no, I definitely think Jackson's a more talented. Um, I mean, he's younger, uh, he's a lot more healthy, um, you know. I, I just think that RG3 is a guy that, at this point in his career, he's going to be he's going to be one of those journeyman type quarterbacks. If if Baltimore decides not to keep him, that he's just going to go from team to team and be a guy that is going to be a fill in, you know, anytime that a quarterback goes down. So that that's that's how the how I see RG3. He's just going to be one of those guys that that is going to you know, just kind of be a fill-in type guy or maybe, you know, preseason uh, guy that can take some snaps or something something along those lines. I, I just don't see him being the guy that he was before. I definitely don't either. And if you think about what's going on with Lamar Jackson with his running and what they've been doing since, 
their bye, okay, Cuervo? And I saw this stat, and I just almost just fell out of my chair. The Ravens running attack right now, you know, especially for this game, is so crucial because the last two games that we talked about those stats regarding Lamar Jackson, Baltimore has risen from number 27 in rushing to number 11 in the league. Now, Cuervo, that, that's not a small jump. That's a huge jump. That's over 16 spots, and that because that all because of what's going on as far as Lamar Jackson. So the running game definitely helps the defense in reality because they're on the field more. They get more time. And then, you know, in, in games before that, we're talking about the Ravens not running for more than 200 yards, okay, and dominating time of possession, which is always – the whenever we talk about a football game, regardless who's playing – it's about who has possession of the ball. And Baltimore has been able to hold on to the ball in these last two games with Lamar Jackson there. So the Falcons, who are 4-7, and seven, they've lost their last three. Um, and the, the, so you take a look at all that situation on where they are. Where are they and what are they going to do? Well, when you look at it, with the running game nearly invisible for this football team. And they used to have one, Cuervo, a running game. It's almost non-existent anymore. That means everything is up on the shoulders of Matt Ryan, and you can't do that to this guy. We talk about how good quarterbacks are, where they should be. We're talking about Matt Ryan who's not even in the top ten. And a couple of years ago, we're talking about him being top five. And the reason is is because they put too much pressure, just like Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay, for this guy to be the superstar mm-hmm and make the big plays. And when you don't have a running game, it's completely horrible. But why would you? You have Julio Jones, Sanu, uh, and Ridley, and then tight end, you have Austin Hooper. So you look at it, if the, and they're all healthy. Of course you need to throw the football, but you've got to balance it. And that is one of the things that the Atlanta Falcons have not done this year, which is balance a running game with those four superstars I mentioned. And this team should be, you know, this this team, if you look at the talent and look what's going on, they should have a flip-flop record. They should be 7-4 and four at worst, and here they are at 4-7-3rd in the NFC South. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, again, I mean, Atlanta's a team that that we don't think of as, as a bottom feeder in the NFC. I mean, they were just in the nope. Super Bowl, what, two years ago? Two year years and a half ago, ago yep. whatever. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, honestly, like, I, I think I think you have to factor injuries in as well. I mean, the defense is not playing to the standard that we have been used to seeing the Atlanta Falcons in. I mean, they you know they lose two Pro Bowlers. I mean, that 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 that's yeah. tough for any team. So, you know, yeah. I, I I don't I don't want to write off the Atlanta Falcons too much. Um, you know, and I know we don't like using injuries a lot as an excuse either. But come on, I mean, we're we're talking about two Pro Bowl caliber guys at very important positions on a defense that is just getting lit up week after week, lit. and yeah, I mean, just it's it's bad, Sonny. It's really bad. And you know, offensively, look, I mean, you can you can say Devontae Freeman is is the reason that they're not performing. But what if we what are what are the Falcons known for? They're 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 air assault type team. Yep. You know, they, they air it out. And you know, Matt Ryan is healthy. Julio Jones is healthy. Uh Muhammad Sanu, healthy. Calvin Ridley, healthy. 
uh, you, you were just talking about it. Everybody offensively, ex- with the exception of Freeman, which, by the way, Tevin Coleman has filled in tremendously. He's done a great job. Yes. So let's let's not let's not discount that. So it's not like the the running game is just completely shut down. Um, they have they have found a way to continue to be able to run the football. So offensively, I, I think is definitely not the problem for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you would I think, think it's not? definitely under. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think it's uh, offensively. I think they're doing what they're supposed to. It's just they find themselves in situations where where the offense has to bail the defense out, and you know, unfortunately, it it, it doesn't work that way. It, it hasn't worked out for them this year. So, you know, it, it sometimes it works for you, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, there's been years where it has worked for the Atlanta Falcons. They've they found ways, yeah. you know, be able to bail themselves out. This year, it's just not. It's just not happening. And going back to what you're talking about as far as the offense is concerned, 310 for, uh, of 434, 71% passer per percentage. That number is huge, 3,683 yards passing. He's getting the job done. He's got 24 touchdowns to this point to only five interceptions. Now, one thing that the stats don't show, he has turned the ball over with fumbles and things like that. Uh, which is not in the set, but really those are maybe three. So you talk about the numbers that are going. Matt Ryan's actually having a good season. Unfortunately, he's not Peyton Manningness. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He is not Drew Brees. He is not um, Tom Brady, which is a guy that can consistently overcome the deficiencies of a defense in order to win football games. And he shouldn't have to be. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or anybody else like that. He should be able to be Matt Ryan. They should be 7-4. and four. That defense, they're going to have to do something up. They're going to have to shore it up, or it's going to be a real huge problem for them. Uh, but today, when they, take on, when they take on Baltimore, they haven't done anything to be able to stop it. Now, and now you throw in a new wild card that is Lamar Jackson. You're going to see the Baltimore Ravens run the football. They're going to run it, and they'll set up the pass. And Lamar Jackson will complete for about 225 yards and maybe two touchdowns, and they'll get a good solid win against this football team. I'm on Baltimore. Yeah, I think I'm on Baltimore too, Sonny. I mean, I I, I have seen the way Baltimore's defense has performed, and you know, I, I know they played the Raiders last week, so I, I can't really throw too much into that one. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. But other than that, I mean, you know, defensively, look, Baltimore is still a very solid defense. They're not yes, dominant they like they used to be, uh, but I still think they they're they're very a very solid football team. Um, you know, on top of that, I, I think that Atlanta defensively struggle. They struggle against mobile type quarterbacks, um, and Lamar Jackson is every bit of a mobile quarterback as you're going to see in the league. Matter of fact. Uh, I saw something that was very interesting. Lamar Jackson is so mobile that, uh, you know, in his first two career starts, he's had the most rushing yards by any quarterback in NFL history, to include a guy like a Michael Vick, including a guy like a Cam Newton, and, you know, all those, all those, you know, mobile type quarterbacks that, that we've seen over the years. Lamar Jackson's 
beat all of them as far as yeah. you know the amount of first rushing yards he's had in his first two his first two starts. Yep, and and, and that's and you got to build on that success right now if you're Baltimore because Baltimore you're hanging out by the skin of your teeth within the the division as it is and you've got to go out and you've got to get some good solid wins if you're going to be a wild card. Now they can still overtake Pittsburgh. You know Pittsburgh has a habit of sometimes making that left turn when you don't expect it. Right now they're seven and three. Baltimore six and five or seven three and one. We, we forget about that tie against Cleveland all the time. Uh, but 7-3-1 mm-hmm. uh, right now, um, Baltimore still primed to take it. Hell, even Cincinnati, if they got their heads on straight, which they don't, uh, could make a run for it here in the final five games and see what they could do depending on what happens. So uh, that having been said, though, you're, you're looking at ball, a Baltimore team that, if worst-case scenario, if they don't get in there and win the division, they're in pretty good shape right now because if we're going to talk about Miami. Miami has five victories. Baltimore has six. Cincinnati has five. Indianapolis uh, has six. Tennessee has five. And the Chargers are going to, so, uh, you know, they're going to go ahead and wrap up a wild card if they don't win the division. Now, folks, remember, Kansas City lost. Uh, they're nine and two. And right behind them, the chasing them are the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at eight and three. But Denver's five and six. So Baltimore, what they're trying to do is build up and get those key victories towards the end of the week. And maybe in week 16 and 17, we can see the Baltimore Ravens pull away and try to get in there and get get all square, you know, ready to go. So. That having been said, we're both on Baltimore in this one, and it's going to take us to, I think, is going to be the quiet, good game of the day. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills team who are four and seven. They've won two in a row. Miami's lost two in a row, and they're five and six. Both these teams, well, really in reality, Miami is the one fighting for that playoff battle, especially in the AFC, trying to get a wild card. There's got a lot of things that are going to have to happen in, for, in, in order for them to happen. But the Bills, who are 4-7, four and, four and seven, back-to-back victories, okay? So two games in a row with over uh, Jacksonville and the Jets. Now, granted, both of those teams were not very good. Then you throw in the Buffalo Bills, re, you know, taking on the Miami Dolphins. Now, they're nothing to write home to mama about, but they're sneaky good. And if the Baldem, uh, if the Buffalo Bills are a good football team, they've got to go into Miami and get this victory tonight, Cuervo. Yeah, they absolutely do, Sonny. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I don't know how much of, of a, a chance Buffalo still has at 4-7 and seven of making the playoffs. I mean, they would have to run the table. They run the table, yeah, they go 9-7. Exactly. and seven. They might have a chance. I mean that you know you still got. Um, well, actually, hold on. Yeah, that that would probably put them in second in the division. So that that's still going to be a you know real shot in the dark opportunity though. So, uh, but look, I mean, they beat Jacksonville last week. I know that 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 stings a little bit to hear, uh, to remind you as a Jaguars fan, Sonny. Uh, but. Um, but they did. They got the job done. They they beat uh, they beat a Jaguars team that is struggling. Uh, but you got to win those games, you know. And now you go down to yep. Miami. Look, Miami's Miami's a really they're actually a pretty tough team to beat at home. So I, I don't know if I, yeah I don't know if this is going to be a walk in the park for the Buffalo Bills. But I tell you, with Josh Allen coming back. The way this defense is playing, the running game, everything is starting to slowly come together for the Buffalo Bills. 
Exactly. And, and when you talk about click, 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 I mean, that's all that's going on. And you also think about Miami right now. They've lost two games in a row. Okay. Now, granted, that was the Packers and the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. But one of them was after blowing a 24 to 10 lead. Um, so you, you look at that. So the Dolphins right now, with that loss last week, okay, put their playoff hopes in jeopardy. Um, so you you pretty much do what you said. They're going to have to run the table. And Adam Gates is going to have to figure it out because with the situation, who's going to be the quarterback is always going to be the question right there. Um, so I, I don't know as far as what the Dolphins have got to do, but they are huge at home. And one of the things that is happening, Cuervo, all right, they're getting turnovers, mm-hmm. but the, the key portion of this, even block punts were crying out loud. They are not scoring or taking advantage of that. That tells me that the offense is the deficiency of this football team, especially after the giveaway takeaway uh, stat that you look at and you go, wow. Why aren't they winning more games? And that is exactly the big-time question that you look at. So if they get in there and they get one of those turnovers, how are they going to respond to that? So Buffalo has won seven of their last ten games against Miami as well. So if if history means anything to you, normally it doesn't mean anything to me, except in a game like this. Sometimes a team has your number, winning 70% of the time, you know, against a football team, you feel pretty good going into it. But the Buffalo Bills, they have to make sure they continue what they've done, turning it around after two games to continue to go in there and do what they do um, right now and get into the end zone. And that is the big-time thing that they have been able to do. So now you have to ask the question, all right, you think about what's going to happen, Josh Allen. The Bills are probably going to have to get more out of him as far as a game like this is concerned because of the pressure of it being on the road. Because if you think back, 8 of 1,960 yards and a touchdown against Jacksonville, listen, that's not going to get the job done in Miami. I'm sorry, it's not. uh, Right now, Miami's a better football team than Jacksonville. So you're going to have to do more than that. And but. Here's the problem when you look at Miami. Miami ranks number 29 in the league in total defense. That can't be good, especially if you have a quote-unquote mediocre offense. They can make them look like superstars. So Ryan Tannehill, who's got, you know returned with a shoulder injury last week, 17-25, 204, two touchdowns. That's that mediocre thing that's coming their way, Cuervo. Uh, right now, mm-hmm. I'm on Miami in this one because of the fact that that you, you take a look at Buffalo, you're going to have to get more from Josh Allen, and right now they're not getting it. Well, you got to remember, Sonny, I mean, Josh Allen, uh, I think last week was his first game back, if I remember correctly. So Yes, it was. Um, you know, so I, I, I really uh, – I think he'll look better today is the point I'm making. And, again, I don't know if it's going to be enough to beat this Dolphins team at home because they do play some stingy defense. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's like you said. I mean, this is going to be a game that is going to be on, every, uh, on, on red zone a lot. And it's going to be one of those games that it's going to be one of those, you know, one-score games uh, going down to the last minute. I, I really yeah. think it's going to be close. Um, so I, I like this matchup. 
you know, I, I just think based on the quote unquote momentum of the way these two teams are playing right now, I think I'm going to go on the other side, Sonny. I think I'm going to circle the wagons today with the Buffalo Bills. I, I just, I just think that they're a team. Look, it, it, it took a while for them to kind of get things together, uh, you know, because of a couple injuries that that happened. But I think, I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo is going to take care of business down down in Miami today. And you think about it, we talked about them having to go on the rush at the end. The only game that they really have that they, you know, are almost guaranteed to lose could be New England because that game's at New England. It's not at home like the one that I predicted that they'd win, um, you know, you know, as far as uh, New England is concerned. So that that that's a huge thing for, you know, for Buffalo uh, moving forward as, you know, Miami got the victory, um, but – Again, at home, tough team at home. That's also another thing to look at. So they have Miami mm-hmm. today. They have the Jets, Detroit, then they get New England, probably a loss, and then Miami again. All winnable games, and if they can take a run on that and try to get in there, that's going to be huge for them. I mean, because if you out of all the games, you got six more games, you add five to that winning, makes it nine and seven. It will be, you know, it will be, you know, really, really tough for the Buffalo Bills to make it in there. That fifth game makes a big, big difference if you're Miami. And Miami is another football team that's going to have to make sure that they come out and play uh, their big-time game as well because when you look at them as far as their their talent level right now is questionable, questionable because of their quarterback position, then you have the schedule that they are looking at in Cuervo – Miami needs this game, and the and the big time reason is because of what's coming up afterwards. Okay, you look at the numbers. They got uh, New England, then Minnesota, Jacksonville. If they decide to show up, and then Buffalo again. This is a this is a big time week for Buffalo to get a victory. Um, so they definitely need it. But we're on the we're on different sides of the fences on that. That 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 happens quite often. But that takes us into the next game, and I I, I take a look at when. When, when you have a game that happened last week for Carolina, they are 6 and 5, they've lost three in a row. Tampa Bay won last week, and I'm glad I changed my pick on that one because that one almost hurt my feelings um, because I wanted to go to the other side. But Tampa Bay did get that victory with, uh, last week. As a matter of fact, I'm pulling it up because, I, oh, it was San Francisco. Um, so uh, I'm glad I changed my pick on that. But the Carolina Panthers are not the San Francisco 49ers. The, the 49ers are not in the running for a playoff spot. Now, you're going to get the serious Cam Newton, and I wish Cuervo could call in because this is a big-time game this week as far as who's going to do what. Six and five, loser of three, Carolina, Tampa Bay at home. Okay, is is a big time thing. Um, yeah, I I give them a little credit for playing well at home. They don't always win the game, Cuervo, but they usually fight a pretty good fight there. Yo, know, so when you look at this, it's an automatic. I'm thinking Carolina, no problem. They're running for trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, Buccaneers are not going to make the playoffs. So what's going to have to happen? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, they look forward to being the spoiler for the rest of the season against teams like Carolina. Yeah, they do. They do. And, and, you know, Tampa's a team that they're, they're, you know, that that pesky team that can, you know, have those type of guys that can – you know, really just give you fits, especially in the passing game. I mean, you got, 
between yeah. Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, it's like who do you who do you pay more attention to? And 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 that's that's what I think you're going to see today is really Tampa Bay, you know, finding a way to air the ball out and and, and just give Carolina all kinds of fits. Um, you know, I mean, look, you got to admit, Jameis Winston didn't play too bad last week. Um, he actually had a pretty decent game. So, um, you know, I, I'm not saying he's got it all figured out, but at least for one week he did. Exactly. And, and it, you look at it now as far as, you know, it, it, we know it's Cam Newton, okay? So you know, whether or not, you know, you're a Cam fan or not is really irrelevant. You know they can rip games off in a row. But you want to talk about a team that needs a victory this weekend. Next week they got Tampa Bay, obviously, this week. Next week they have Cleveland. Then they got two games against the Saints the end of the season with the Atlanta Falcons in the middle. Okay, those last three games are going to be brutal. And not only that, obviously, those are games that are within the division for the Carolina Panthers. So uh, you look out for that. So when we talked about a team that loves to be spoiler, okay, Tampa Bay, if they win one game for the rest of the season except for the Atlanta game, they could they could throw a monkey wrench in a lot of things. They have Carolina, they have New Orleans, Baltimore, and Dallas. And those games right there, if they grab up one of them, they're gonna throw they they could throw a team completely out of the playoffs, depending on if it's the Dallas Cowboys, you know, fighting for a wild card more so than uh, a division uh, championship. Uh, so that could be very interesting. So yeah, the last four, you know last five games that are on the slate for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they get to play spoiler for a four of the five, and then the Atlanta Falcon game to end the season is not going to be for anything except pride. So um, you know, I just I, I just see Tampa Bay doing doing what they did last week. Now, granted, it was the 49ers. Granted, let's be honest, Carolina should be better than the 49ers. The question is, is how much will Tampa Bay step up to take on these Carolina Panthers team who have to have a win this week without question or they are done. And I've already put a, a – on Friday – I put the couch potato fork in the Carolina Panthers because I don't think that they're going to be able to get the job done with the rest of the schedule that they've got to go to to try to make it to the playoffs, especially if they got two against uh, New Orleans. And Cleveland is not going to be an easy win for them. So I'm done. I've stuck the couch potato fork in the Carolina Panthers. I, I think Carolina's going to get uh, get a good showing today, but I think they I think they see the writing on the wall this year compared to years when they ran the table to make the playoffs. They know they're not going to be able to get it done. I'm go, I'm I'm picking an upset here today. For that reason, Cuervo, I think it's on the wall. The writing's on the wall. They're not going to make the playoffs. And this right here, it's going to be a crushing blow. And Tampa Bay, like you said, they didn't play bad last week. So it's going to be an interesting game here this week. So I'm going to hang on Tampa Bay to throw a monkey wrench in Carolina a little bit before they get the Saints a couple of times at the end of the season. Yeah, I yeah, I remember some of you you did give them the uh the official fork. <laughs> I did. Fork in, I forked in, them. In the I forked them. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready to do that. I think Carolina's got too much talent. I think they've got they've got too much. I'll tell you what's going to hurt them. What what could 
keep them, stop them from making the playoffs. And it's the same reason that they're not seven and four right now, as opposed to six and five. The decision making of Ron Rivera. That's what it's. That was like. I was waiting for it. I knew it was coming. I I, I kind of know what. Hey, we watch. It's almost like we watch football the same way. Uh, exactly. You got a couple of games this season where it's not up on the football team and the guys that were out on the football field is about the guys that made the decision. You're absolutely right, Cuervo. Yeah. So again, that he's the reason, and and I'm sure ninety percent of Panther fans will tell you the same thing that. The reason that they're not seven and four right now, as opposed to six and five, is because of, you know, hey, let's go for two instead of kicking the extra point and sending the game to overtime. Like, what were you thinking? I mean, exactly. If it's, you know, if it's the first, second game of the season, I can see it. You know, Maybe. see, see what what type type of, uh, you know, grit your team has going into this, you know, what you got looking forward to this season, but. And not only that, not Claire, when, and, and this was a statement that was made by Ron Rivera, and I'm going to tell you, this statement right here, I think, and I could be completely wrong, but when he comes out and publicly makes a statement like this, this is what he says. He says, losing makes it sting. And then he continues on and says, Miss, missed opportunities to make plays. You want to talk about a guy that takes no responsibility whatsoever that was a shot to the guys that were to make the play on the play calls that he should not have been making in order to win the game. And I'm going to tell you, that statement right there will stay in the back of the mind of those football players as they take the football field. That kind of, that kind of statement says, well, it's not my fault. It's the guys who put them on there. But when you got an opportunity to tie the game and take it into overtime where they are right now instead of an opportunity to lose a, lose a game and have that check mark underneath the L, you have to tie that game and try to win the game in overtime. And, heck, and I'm not a football aficionado, but I know that. Even even that because of the timing of when it happened, like you said, Cuervo, if this was game one, two, three, or four, no one would be questioning it. The fact of the matter is that move right there might have cost them the playoff spot, especially if they missed the wild card by one game. Yeah, and and that's what and that's what might wind up happening, Sonny. I mean, think about it. Yep. You look at you look at the you look at the standings right now. I'm going to pull that up for you right now. I'm sure you've got sure. pulled up no as problem. well. Because I, got, you know, I do. You know, I, I have Because everybody knows that Sonny is the hardest working man in sports, and he's always prepared. <laughs> so I know. So I know he's got him pulled up. But but allow allow me to to. Um, Speak for a moment, you know. All right, so you got, so you got Carolina right sitting at six and five. These are the teams that that they have to look out for: Seattle, okay, Minnesota, yes, even though they're only six four and one, uh, Washington six and five, which I think they're going to fall off. But for now, you know, you got to watch out for them. And Dallas, you know, those are the four teams that that. Carolina is looking closely at and saying, well, we got to keep pace with these guys if we're going to have any type of shot at getting a wild card. Now, you know, we talked about Dallas and Washington the other day. Uh, We talked about – we didn't talk too much about Minnesota or Seattle. So, I mean, see, I know Seattle's going – they're playing San Francisco. They're in a run right now. 
um, yeah, I mean they've they've won two games in a row, which is which is you know what you want to see at this type in this point in the season. You want to see winning streaks, not losing streaks. Um, you know, uh, Dallas has won four games in a row, so I mean they're they're a team that's definitely playing very well. Um, you know, and then last but not least, you know Minnesota. I mean they they lose two weeks ago, but then they bounce back and they beat Green Bay at home. Um, and and tonight they've they've got New England, which is going to be another tough time. I think if Minnesota beats New England, Sonny, then um, I think that's when you might, I might have to grab the fork and mm-hmm. maybe hover hover over the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to stick it in just yet, but I think I think it might be a situation if you know even if Carolina does win today, which I, I expect them to win. But if Minnesota can find a way to beat New England, that'll take them to seven and four with with the tie. Carolina will be seven and five, so that that is going to be a situation where the tie could actually benefit Minnesota. And it could where, also where, benefit yeah. another football team. Where if don't if Green Bay goes on a roll, they'll end up nine six and one as well. So Green Bay, if they could, now, I I don't think they will because they got the Chicago Bears. They I, I they, they I, that's the game I think is the only one that's standing in their way from going that way. Uh, so if Green Bay runs the table, Carolina's got to worry about them as well with that tie. Yeah, yeah, and and you know a lot of people say well ties can hurt you. Yeah, they can also help you though too. Yeah, because uh, it's not it's, a loss. In certain situations. Yeah, it's not a loss. Your winning percentage isn't as low, um, so I mean, it, it can wind up being a good thing. And I think for the Panthers, I'm telling you, Sonny, that game, that game that they lost because Rivera decided to go for two is going to come back and haunt them. I agree, big time. Come back and haunt, and that that and again, that could be the reason why. Now we can break this down, and look at the numbers and everything else. You know, I'm just going on the mental side. I think Carolina sees the writing on the wall, and uh, Cuervo sees the talent that's going to be able to stand. Cuervo is going to go ahead with Carolina. I'm going to go in the upset. I, I just it's obviously an upset, uh, but I'm going to go the upset route on this one because this one should and it should be an entertaining game as well. Um, I'm just hoping I don't look like I'm going to be having egg on my face by the time it's all said and done. That's always the 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 big question when you when you make a uh, thing like that. Now again, Carolina knows how to rip games off in a row. They've done it two three years in a row. Um, so you look at that, that's always a possibility for them as they move forward, you know, so watch out for them, see if they get the run on that one. So that's going to lead us to our next game, Cuervo, and I know, and then we're going to go to break, and I know you've been waiting for this one. It is a, listen, the Chicago Bears, this is a big test, believe it or not, even though the Giants are three and eight and they're last in their own division, the Bears first in their division at eight and three, but this game is in New York. I'm not saying that the Green, uh, the the New York Giants are a good football team, but at home uh, you've got to watch out for it. So now the Chicago Bears are not going to be with their starting quarterback for a second straight game when they go to New York. So I'm going to tell you right now, as much as I dislike the Giants and Eli Manning, okay. Eli Manning is better than Chase Daniel. I'll even give him that one, Cuervo. 
this is going to be an interesting game for your Chicago Bears. And I'm going to tell you right now, if the Bears beat the New York Giants, they're going to wrap up their playoff spot and ready to rock and roll. Uh, and then, and and then until Mitchell Trubisky is 100% ready to go, uh, he won't be in the lineup and got, get him ready for the playoffs. Well, I mean, so if they win today, Sonny, then how many more games do you foresee uh, Mitchell not playing in? Well, look, well, all you got to do is look at the standing, Cuervo, especially if Minnesota takes a loss. Okay, if mm-hmm. Minnesota takes a loss, they'll drop to 6-5-1. and one. If Chicago wins, they'll go to 9-3. and uh, nine and three. They will have a three-and-a-half game lead over the Chicago – the Chicago Bears will have a three-and-a-half uh, three game lead over Minnesota. So I think a win here could ride it – until week 16 and 17 when they might have to win. I'll tell you, this is a great situation for the Chicago Bears. Chase Daniel is successful. He will, first of all, he'll get a huge race from Chicago. He ain't going nowhere. I got news for you. He will be a Bear, um, and he'll get the race. And the Bears don't like to open up the pocketbook, but when you see a backup quarterback do a good job, which last week, hey, listen, last week I didn't think he'd win. I mean, come on, you know, backup quarterback, come on, let's get serious here. Um, so I think that you won't see him until week 16 and 17, Cuervo. Oh, God, no, Sonny. There, there's no way. There's no, and, and there's, no, there's no need to put him in. There's no need to put him in against the Rams. They're going to lose that game. The only game that they might oh, think about bringing him in is Sonny. Come on, they're going to lose You're, the game. They won't be able to score enough. They won't be able to score enough. I'm already, I'm already made my pick for December night. It's the Rams over the Bears, and we'll talk about it on next week. But that game's already over, and we haven't even finished this week. Okay. okay? The Rams, okay. The, the Rams are going to run all over them. You know. So that having been said, you might think about bringing them back for the December 16th game against Green Bay. I doubt it. I wouldn't. Uh, it's not worth it. Oh, I think it's it's absolutely every ounce worth of bringing him back for the Green Bay game. You gotta have, you gotta get revenge. You gotta not get if you revenge win today, on what happened Cuervo. in Green Bay. Not if you win today. You gotta be smart, not emotional. If you win today, you got two wins you shouldn't have got. Sorry, they shouldn't have. The Lions should have beat them last week. Period. With a backup quarterback, the Lions should have beat them. They did. Now the New York Giants. They get the victory today. There's absolutely then you might want to bring them back for that game. But if they win today, there's no need to bring them back before that. Uh, before hell, I mean, looking at the schedule and where it's going, week 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 six, uh, week fifteen and, uh, or sixteen and seventeen is the only one. And then you got San Francisco coming back. That's the way I look at them. That's the way they should play this thing out. Uh, and keep Mitchell Tabinski 100%. Well, honestly, Sonny, I, I, think this, I think it's a situation where later we're going to hear, well, he could have played against the Giants. Uh, you know, so I think them being a little extra cautious uh, is a good thing. What I don't want to say, though, is them, is them being too – 
I and and I get that, Sonia. I do. I understand. I totally understand what you're saying. Here, my thing is, you can't. This is the mistake we talk about this every year at this time of the year. Every teams make the mistake of being over conservative, resting their star players, resting their you know, you know. I'm, I mean, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's not a star player yet. Okay, he is. Oh, he's, I think he he's is. got potential. He's got potential to be a Pro Bowl quarterback when you know one day he will be. You know, once Drew Brees is retired. Uh, that opens up a spot. Aaron Rodgers is on the decline of his of his career. Uh, that Tom could open Brady's up the door for, for. Yeah, so I mean, you know, those guys have to move on, hang up the uniform and whatnot, and then and then that could open the door for for a guy like Mitch to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. I just don't want to see the Bears get over conservative, be over cautious, because what's going to happen? And again, this happens to teams that do it every year. They sit their guys down so much that when they do come back, they don't they don't play the way they're supposed to. They become rusty, and now before you know it, your your, your playoffs ended faster than it began. So that's what I, I agree don't want to see. Uh, so I, agree I, I on think that. I think Mitch. He, what's going to happen is Mitch is going to he's going to sit today out. Chase Daniels is going to get the start, um, and he played well last week. Against, yes, he against did. Detroit had a very good zero game. interceptions I, is the biggest. Forget the numbers. Zero interceptions is the biggest. You can love the two thirty-two touchdowns, sure. but the zero interceptions is the biggest stat in that stat line. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't, I don't see Chase Daniel being much of a factor today. Anyways, have you seen, have you seen what it looks like up there at MetLife Stadium? That it, I have not. Ugly. I have it's, not. It, it, so is it snowing it, like it's, crazy? It's not snowing. It's cold, obviously, uh, but no, it's it's a little bit windy and it's raining. So what does that mean? That means the ground the ground game is going to get some work today. So expect to see some Jordan Howard. Expect to see a little bit of Tariq Cohen in the backfield. Screen passes, swing passes, short passes to the tight end. It, it's going to be it's going to be a nickel and dime type of game for for both teams really. I expect to, to see the same from the New York Giants. So the Bears better be keyed in on Saquon Barkley. You can't let this kid hurt you. Uh, kid's having a phenomenal season. He's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, you know we can argue all day about him and and, and Baker Mayfield, but. Uh, I think Saquon, with, with what he's done and the impact he's made on this New York Giants team, uh, offensively, is you know you can't you can't ignore it. I mean, I know the Giants are only three and eight, but you got to. I mean, you have to say that the, with confidence that the Giants now have a running game because of a Saquon yes. Barkley. So Saquon Barkley, uh, yep. Yeah, so so with that said, Sonny, that's the kind of game that I see. I see a, a, a ground and pound, you know, low scoring, you know, old school football type of game. So if that's what you're into, then that's the game that you want to, you know, if you if the game's going to be on locally for you, then that's what you want to watch. You might want to, you know, hit up red zone during commercials or whatever because we don't like commercials anymore thanks to red zone. But yeah. Um, you know that, that that's what I see today. I I I I expect to see that type of game, and um, so that's why I, I think sitting Mitch today is is the obvious choice. 
But I'll tell you something, I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see him sitting the rest of the season. I think he'll play the rest of the season. Um, but for example, the game against San Francisco, if the Bears are up, you know, obviously the Bears are going to be smart about it, and they're not going to play Mitch. They're, they're, you know, you let Chase Daniel get in there just in case something happens yep. later and on. And that's another reason. Chase, and, and, and by the way. That's another reason why I don't think they should bring Mitchell Trebensky back before week 16. Give Chase Daniels the opportunity to get into the game. Like you said today, weather's probably going to play a big part of it, but getting your nose rubbed into it against the Rams will be really good for him in reality. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Sometimes you need to be able to be just humiliated, which is what's going to happen when they take on the Rams. Yeah, I said it. Um, They're going to get humiliated. But here's the thing. I think a game like today, if he gets past it, it's going to be – and I'm not – by the way, I'm not picking the, the Chicago Bears to win this game. And, and as much as it pains me to say that I'm picking the New York Giants, and I did this two weeks ago, it pained me, and they did win, by the way. They got their third game, uh, third victory of that. I think the New York Giants are going to get this victory. I think that – and the main reason why is the Giants are used to playing in this crap. Okay, when you've got a backup quarterback, it doesn't matter in reality. Uh, the backup quarterback in bad weather conditions is not good for your football team, and I don't care who it is. And, and, and it could have been Brett Favre, you know, you know, in old age. It's just not going to be able to to get it enough. I'm not saying that Eli Manning is going to be the reason why this they win this football game. I just think that this is the kind of game that the Giants are used to playing. They've done it many times this year. MetLife is always a mess, um, and they they. Chicago Bears are going in there without their superstar on the offensive side of the ball, and that being Mitchell Trubisky. Now, that having been said, their defensive side could make some plays today. Um, but one of the key things they're going to have to do is that I predict that we're going to see the ball on the ground quite a bit here today. I do. And I don't mean like the running game. I'm talking about turnovers. And the, the Chicago Bears better get on those turnovers. They better get on the ones that they, that they give the Giants an opportunity to turn over. And uh, I think that's where the game's going to be won. Turnovers in this game are going to be big. And uh, whoever gets that turnover advantage in this game, I think, is going to win it. And I think I'm going to give it to the Giants this way. Now, I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I hope you're okay and you don't want to quit being the co-host of this program. <laughs> Well, Sonny, I, I may hang up during commercial break and, and never come back. That's what so. I thought. Yeah, Don't be shocked if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, you know what? It's I, I understand. I understand why you're going uh, uh, with the Giants. It, 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 it does have just like the Miami game. You know, I, I yes. If you go back and you listen to the archives when we were talking about that that game and the Bears went down to Miami. You you'll hear it. I did not feel good about that game. I was yes. I, I I picked the Bears just because, but I was not confident in that pick. And if you go back yeah. and you listen, you'll you'll hear it in my voice. Like I just I wasn't feeling it. Today I I kind of have that feeling again, but I'm a little more confident just because of how well they've been playing. They're on a five game winning streak. The, the defense is playing well. You know, Khalil Mack yes, is back. He's, he's he's back at 100%. Um, but I'll tell you what, all that all the attention is on Khalil Mack, but I'm telling you right now, 
the best player on that defense right now is free safety Eddie Jackson. That kid I love is him. unbelievable, son. He uh, is so well, fast. I tell you, you want to talk about a steal. The Bears got him in the fourth round because people wrote him off uh, because of, of an injury that he suffered when he was in college at Alabama. He, I, and he I, was I, a I think junior a, when that happened. Yeah, I, I want to say it was a torn ACL or uh, he, yes. he, he, he messed himself up pretty bad. And uh, just kind of like kind of similar to uh, Jalen Smith for, for the Cowboy listeners, give you a little yes. help here. Jalen Smith coming out of Notre Dame. Um, you know, people people kind of dismissed him too because of the injury that he suffered. You look at him now. I mean, like, did you see the plays that he made Thursday night? Yes, absolutely. I mean, he was he was a big part of the reason that they were able to have you know upset the New Orleans Saints on Thursday. So I'm telling yes. you, the 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 best thing that could have, and I hate to say this, and it's going to hurt some Cowboy fans' feelings, but the best thing that could have happened to the Dallas Cowboys, and it happens almost every year, Sean Lee got hurt. Uh, yes. Because now you see the way that, that Jalen Smith and Vander Esch, the rookie, play together. I'm telling you, those guys those guys are, are the next you know, Erlacher and Lance Briggs. You know, I mean, they have potential well, let's let to be make, that good let's together. let's let them be the next Sean Lee, though. Because Sean Lee, I'm going to Without tell you right hurt. now. Sean Lee, Sean Lee is a defensive genius. That guy knows where the ball's going way before it's snapped. It's amazing. And if he can rub off on any way against those two, that is definitely going to be helpful for them. And, frankly, Sean Lee, I think, could become a great defensive coach uh, in the NFL because of that smarts that he has. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, smart, very smart football player. Um, Can't say That only takes you so – yeah, well, that, that's the thing. That only takes you so far, though, when you're sitting on the sideline. I mean, you can only help Absolutely. out so much when you're not in the game. So, um, I think at this point, Sean Lee really just needs to – pass along all the knowledge that he has to those Absolutely. two individuals. And I think Sean Lee needs to, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think his career is over. I mean, he's just going to continue to to really hurt himself. And, and what I don't want to see for him or for, for any player is to really cause some major damage to himself because he continues to try and injury suck for him. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I don't think it's worth it. I mean, for him or any player in the league to go out there and continue to try and play and you just keep hurting yourself because it, it could cause permanent damage. I mean, absolutely. 15 years from now, he might not be able to walk because he, he kept trying and kept trying to get out there and on the field and, 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 you know, wind up causing permanent damage. And then he's going to come to the NFL asking for help. I mean, that, I mean, look at the guys that were playing 20 years ago. That's, that's what's happening to them. But, but with the knowledge that today's players have, you know, they'll be able to make better decisions. And, and, you know, that's kind of why you see some of these young guys just say, you know what, it's not worth it. And, And they retire at 27 years old. Absolutely, uh, we're seeing a lot of that actually. Yeah. So you're you're yeah. right. So are 
are you on your Bears this week, or are you going to go to the dark side I like am. I did and pick the yeah. – No, absolutely not. And All I'll right, tell you what, so. honey, you better, you, better be, you better be ready to eat some crow uh, oh, listen, after, I after am the Bears win today. It. I am ready for it. I think it would be great for the Bears to win this game. It's not because I don't want the, I By the way, just to let you know, I want the Bears to win. I don't like the New York Giants. I hate them. I, I hate them with a passion. I, I, you hate, I hate Eli. the Giants. I you hate, hate Eli. Uh, no, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I hate him because I always love Phil Sims and I love the Giants. So, yeah, I hate him. So, the, you're, you're right. I hate Eli as long as he's in the lineup for any football team. They, they are going to be disgusting mess, and that's what they are right now because everybody loves Eli, and I'm sorry I lost that love a long time ago. That fact, a long, 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 long time ago. But having been said, that's the name of this show. Cuervo's going in for the high and tight, right? Uh, no, you know what? I, I'm going to hold off on that until tonight, but I think Mrs. Cuervo is awake now, and I think we might ah. uh, be having some breakfast, so I'm going to go out there and check, and Very good. if we check are, then that. I will call back in as fast as I can. Absolutely. Go ahead, and if you don't make it back, get your picks in beforehand. I'll, I'll ride solo. That's no problem. My Wookiee might my, my Wookiee might be making the next sit, and that's fine. We'll we'll continue the final two hours <laughs> if we have to without Cuervo. So Han Solo being Sonny Clark, we're going to take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said. Week number 13 of the NFL, it's a weekly tradition, continues on. We'll be back here after the break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And the button didn't work again. Let's try it again. There it goes. This is Sonny Clark, Radio Voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. 
Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show going into our second hour a little bit after, but we wanted to get to that Kansas City uh, or that, mark that, that Chicago Bear game. Now, a pathetic, yeah, I said it, pathetic situation regarding Kansas City. And, and I want to put this out here because I've been quiet about it all year long, okay? And, and I'm just going to put it out there, okay? The Kansas City Chiefs right now, they are blowing this thing bad. And too little, too late is what's going to be my point. Now, I'm going to, I want to talk about this because it, it was a point that was brought up, and I haven't brought it up on this show. First of all, you know, we get talking about the games and everything. Sometimes we don't get an opportunity. But the simple fact of the matter is I want to know why Tyreek Hill is still out on this football field. 
Okay, this is the guy that punched his pregnant woman in the stomach. And, 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 and I'm going to put it out there, and I don't care what anybody has to say about it. And if you want to come at me, my email is sonnyclark24 at gmail.com. Or contact me here. I'm going to tell you right now, these are punk moves. And, and I'm tired of hearing people, and I've been all over these boards, and I'm just going to put it out there. If, if you are that much of a wuss to hit a woman, regardless of what reason, and you are an NFL football player that are built like rocks, and you're beating on women that are buck five, a buck twenty-five, for whatever reason, you're the biggest scumbag to walk the face of this earth. And I, yeah, I said it. I don't care. And the Kansas City Chiefs, if you don't watch it, are going to be like football teams that get these guys with bad reputations. And just because you want to win a game. Now, it's pathetic, but it happens. We're not going to sit here and argue the point it doesn't happen. But the Kansas City Chiefs had the, had the opportunity to do the right thing against Tyreek Hill. They didn't do it. Now they try to do it, and they do it right because there's video here, okay, uh, of Kareem Hunt. All right, so they do the right thing. By the way, Kareem Hunt, okay, Listen, that's not me is his answer to that. Well, I'm sorry it is you, and I'm going to tell you, and I'll be the first to say it. Come at me, sonnyclark24 at gmail.com. Okay, this wasn't the first time this happened. This just didn't automatically snap in this guy. This guy had this in him. Okay, and if you go back into his history, he's had that history with this woman before. All right, so if you honestly think this is the first time this happened, you can go ahead. I'm going to ask you to stick your head out the window, look up at the sky, and tell me what color the sky is in your world. Okay? This guy, this is him. Okay? I'm tired of hearing this crap. Oh, this is not me. I'm not that way. I, yes, it is you. Not only that, we got video, and that's exactly who you are. Now, Sonny Clark, I, I'm not big on forgiveness. Yeah, I said it. I don't care. All right, because if that was me, if this was my buddy, if this was you, if this was Cuervo, we'd be under a jail. I don't even want to hear it. So, yeah, no, I don't think you deserve a second chance. I don't think you deserve a second chance. I don't think just because you can run a football, you should be above the law of over everybody else, and that's been time in jail just like anybody else would. And the simple fact of the matter is, they didn't even arrest this punk that night because the cops were going light on him. Are they going to arrest him now? They better get over there and put some cuffs on this guy is what they better do because of that video that's out there. Period. And I don't care what she said to him. You want to go in there and say, oh, she's a scumbag too? That's absolutely fine. I think I'm all right with it. But as soon as he raised the hand to the woman and foot, by the way, this guy put himself in the, in the realm of scumbag. Period. Scumbag. Now, since he didn't hit his mother, maybe he's not below Des Bryant on the scumbag rating. But he's pretty damn well close. Kansas City, if you don't watch out, you're going to be called the Kansas City Convicts because that's what's going to end up happening because you're going to go ahead and trade your soul for quality character men and you pick up the punks. 
All right. So I said, I got it all out. That's just the way that it works here. You're not going to get a free ride just because you can run the football. You're not going to get a free ride just because you can tackle someone. You're a scumbag. You're a scumbag. Period. Scumbag is a scumbag is a scumbag. So, that having been said, we're on our games here on week number 13 of the NFL, and Cuervo's going to take care of some business there, and uh, and uh, if we get them back, we'll get them back. But that means that we got more games to cover here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and I'm going to a good one uh, as far as where we are in our schedule because I will tell you there's certain games that are on a schedule that you can look at week in and week out and feel happy that you're going to go ahead and watch. And this one here is, is right there. I love this game. The Cleveland Browns, who are 4-6. By the way, they've ripped off two games in a row. By the way, they're 4-6-1. and one. They're going up against the Houston Texans 8-3. and three. Now, granted, I'm not an idiot. I'm not picking Cleveland. But Cleveland's going to make this game close. I'll tell you that right now. Because Cleveland is no slouch. They weren't a slouch before they fired Hugh Jackson, and they're not now. And now, after that whole situation regarding Hugh Jackson's and Baker Mayfield, we know why. And it just goes to show that sometimes if you got the talent or you are the man or you are the future, you definitely have more pull within ownership than compared to a coach on this football team. Hugh Jackson, he took it in the shorts because of Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield is not holding back on it. Says that he's a fake guy. He's fake. Hey, so it's really simple. A franchise decides to go their future more so than a head coach because guess what? You can replace a head coach. So, now, the Houston Texans set a franchise record for them with their latest victory with the NFL's second longest winning streak as they host the Cleveland Browns this week. And, and it, you know, say whatever you want also when you're the Houston Texans, you know, Riding the eight-game winning streak, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. But and the reason why it's impressive is how they've been doing it. Okay, when you watched week number one, week number two, you looked at the quarterback position. You go, whoa, whoa. When you see some of the decisions made by Bill O'Brien in week number one, week number two, you went, whoa, whoa. Now. I picked the Houston Texans to win this division at the beginning of the season. But after week number one and week number two, I went, whoa. I did not expect them to rip off eight games a week. And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't pick them the majority of the times during that, that, that stretch. But Houston, four, four in a row at home since its last loss. It was 27-22 against the Giants. And that's the reason why, by the way, I went, ooh. You can't, you can't lose to the Giants like that and be the uh, football team that is supposed to make moves in the playoffs. So, you look onto it. Right now, holding a two-game lead over the Indianapolis Colts right now in the AFC South, and you can say whatever you want about Andrew Luck, they're coming to play. 
And frankly, I think the Indianapolis Colts will get a wild card this year. You watch it. But Houston has changed that division so much now in the last two years since Andrew Luck has been on the sidelines that normally we just thought the Indianapolis Colts would win by default because the other teams haven't been playing well, that being Jacksonville, that being Houston. That's going to happen all the time. But that has happened. We've seen Jacksonville last year raise their game. So that's the reason why they got in there, okay? Houston right now, with their quarterback and what they're doing, they're on the roll doing what they're doing now. So Deshaun Watson threw for 210 yards, two touchdowns, and that loss against the New York Giants and has been spectacular ever since. So if you want to talk about where they're at, you know, Watson – who, you know, his rookie years, you know, was really ripped short because of that ACL. And I frankly think that they shouldn't even play them in week number one, week number two. And I thought that that would be the regular thing that we're seeing. But he came back from it, and he's playing well. Now you get the situation here where the Houston Texans get Baker Mayfield coming in. And now that's a new rivalry that is set to start all over again. So that is huge. You say whatever you want. So a renewed rivalry with Baker Mayfield, the top overall picks this year in the draft, Watson, uh, you know, Watson led Clemson past, Mayfield and Oklahoma in the national semifinals in 2016. So we're back to that again. How about that? So now you've got a situation where you've got some hope in Cleveland. You've got a new coaching staff. You've got a happy quarterback. So now you have to ask yourself the question when you move forward, will that hope that, you know, with a 4-6-1 in record create W's? And I don't know if it will, and I don't think it's going to happen this week because Houston is playing well right now. So after getting rid of Hugh Jackson, they ripped off two games in a row. So after that loss in Kansas City with uh, Greg Williams, uh, with the Browns, rolled the double-digit wins over Atlanta and Cincinnati. And not only that, they embarrassed Cincinnati. 35-20, to 20, and the 20 was a joke. 28 to 16 over Atlanta. Now, these aren't great football teams, okay? But the Atlanta Falcons and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, okay? No, no offense. Houston could be one of those two teams. But somehow, some way, Bill O'Brien has got this team believing and buying what he's selling. So now. When you got Williams at the helm uh, for uh, Cleveland, it's a total different thing in reality. Now, remember, Williams doesn't have the best reputation in the world, but say whatever you want, it's worked. So, although Cleveland is last in the AFC North, okay, this team really thinks that. See, and that's the difference between most teams, okay? When you look at Cleveland, they're 4-6-1, they're last in their division. This is the team who honestly thinks that they can make the playoffs. Now, I don't want to I don't want to break anybody's heart if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, okay? All right. You are still Cleveland, okay? Yes, you are playing better. Yes, you do have Baker Mayfield. Yes, you are in a pretty good situation on where you're at. You got eleven. 
but you also got to have a reality of what your schedule looks like to end the season because you've got to win every single game for the rest of the season, and that's just not happening. Okay, you have Houston today. I love you, but you ain't going to win today. You have Carolina. You might be able to get that one because you're at home. Okay, then you're at Denver, then against Cincinnati, in division rival, and the Baltimore Ravens, in division rival. You're not going to win the rest of the games this season. You're not going to make the playoffs. You're going to do exactly what I thought you would do, which is win six games. I've made that prediction at the beginning of the season, and frankly, they should have the six games now, but they are the Browns, and they know how to do exactly what they know how to do well, which is lose. And they lose games they shouldn't, or something happens to where they put themselves in a situation situation, they get a tie or they lose. And that is Cleveland Brown football this year and the past. Next year, I think it will be different because they'll get some of those wins that they should should have gotten at the beginning of the season. Because look, just look at their schedule, okay? They lost against New Orleans by three, okay? Their last team before the Dallas Cowboys this Thursday to do that to the Saints. And they only lost by uh, they only lost by three points in that game. All right, the loss against Oakland they lost by three. They should have won that game, by the way. So you look at that. Also, look at some of the other games against Tampa Bay, twenty six twenty three. Should have won that game. They gave the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money, thirty seven to twenty one. All right, those are games that could be easily turned around, and that tie against Pittsburgh, that should have been a win. The officials definitely helped out the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I said it, Steel City. That having been said, the Cleveland Browns should be six games up. I mean, they should have six games right now, but they don't because they're the Cleveland Browns, and that's the way they do business. That's the reason why the Dallas Cowboys will lose against the Philadelphia Eagles because teams have a tendency to do what they do. And what they do is continually do the same thing over and over and over. And that's Cleveland Brown football. Now, they can make the change. It's just not going to happen this year because it's already happened. Next year is going to be the year. But they have Houston today, Cleveland. I want to go out on the limb and pick it. I just can't do it. All right. You got to figure out the way to stop J.J. Watson in the Houston defense, which has racked up 11 sacks in the past two games. Baker Mayfield might get a lot of dirt in his face mask because he's going to be on the ground back. Eight games combined the past two seasons due to injuries, and J.J. Watts is on his way to the four, uh, on his way to the Pro Bowl. Has 11 and a half sacks. He's going to get three today. Yeah, I said it. Three sacks today. He's going to be up there at. 14 and a half sacks leading the NFL. Okay? He did exactly what he needed to do to get out on the football field, and this is the reason why you can't let a J.J. Watts go, although if you listen to my show, they said they should have got rid of him last year or the year before because of the fact that they can't depend on him. So far this year, he has been able to do that. But the Browns' offensive line has not surrendered a sack in the past two games with Baker Mayfield at the helm. He's got seven touchdowns and zero interceptions in those games. And rookie quarterback Nick Chubb has scored four times while rushing for 260 yards. Okay, that comes to a grinding halt today. As much as I like the Browns and as much, here's what I'm going to do. I'm picking the Houston Texans to win. 
I want the Browns to win. They're just not. It's just not going to happen. So, but I'll be rooting for them. So when you look at this game, you know, four and six and one, winning uh, two games in a row, Houston is going to win his their ninth in a row today. And, and it's not just battering difference. It's just football. That's the way football plays out. So I'm all over that one. I am on the Houston Texans. We'll find out with Tarvin and Cuervo uh, when we get them back. If we get them back, they got to get their picks into it. Next team that's up on board, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos, who are five and six out on the season, they've won two in a row. Yeah, I picked them last two weeks. Cincinnati lost losses three in a row. Now, folks, also understand I did not pick the Cincinnati Bengals last week as they took on Cleveland. No one did. So you look how bad they are. Denver is really playing some good football. And not only that, they're not completely out of the run for the AFC wild card. Although the AFC West is pretty much set with Kansas City taking that division. So that having been said, the Denver Broncos – Come into a game where they've got to win. Cincinnati at home hasn't played well. They've got to win as well. I don't see them making the playoffs because they're just not that good. They'd be one and done yet again. But how long are we going to let this this uh, head coach run this football team? I'm surprised they didn't fire him after last week and give the new guy opportunity to play some games this year and get ready for next year. This was the opportunity. They didn't do it. So, now, Cincinnati right now, we're seeing them do exactly what they've done before. They get off to a rip-roaring start and go and fade away. Well, they didn't get off to the rip-roaring start, okay? Now they're fading in the background. They're fading into that black noise or white noise that we like to talk about. And the Bengals are 5-6. and six. They take on the Broncos. And Cincinnati, you know, Jeff uh, Driscoll is going to be at the quarterback position because Andy Dalton can't play. Dalton was placed on injured reserve. That means they are done. They are done for the season because I don't care if Jeff Driscoll is the second coming. He, they're not going to be able to get the job done. And when you just look at that move, a franchise that Andy Dalton, is, when he is not in the football game and you lose probably close to 70% chance of winning a football game because he is out, that just goes to show how important he is. And A.J. Green is a big another one. And we don't even know if we're going to get him in this game. So you, you say whatever you want. He was effective, 17 or 29, 155, okay, Tyler Boyd, 28-yard touchdown. He rushed for two uh, to, for a two-yard touchdown as well. Okay, you can be impressed all you want, but the simple fact of the matter is he's not Andy Dalton. Now, Andy Dalton isn't anything to write home to Mama about either, as he's only thrown for 61.9% of his uh, passes for 2,566 yards, 21 touchdowns, but he's got 11 interceptions. But when you're Driscoll, Okay, all right, and you're coming in. Listen, I, I don't know the last time the guy played. I don't know if he ever played, and if he did, I'm going to tell you it wasn't anything to remember. And then the Bengals say, do get good news. They're going to get A.J. Green back as A.J. Green declared himself ready to play with a toe injury that cost him the three games. And, by the way, those games were winnable if you have A.J. Green in the, in the lineup. 
Green says, I'm playing. I don't care if we're on 15. Well, guess what? You might as well be. And if you don't watch it, the injury that you have could be something bigger later. And I'm not talking about a toe. Who gives a crap about a toe on the offseason? It's about the other injuries that can come along because you are trying to make sure you don't get any more hurt than you already are. All right? The Bengals can't stop anybody right now anyway, okay? Their defense continues to be, you know, pathetic as the head coach Marvin Lewis, who should have been fired after that game last week, are calling plays on the defense in the last two games after they get rid of their defensive coordinator, okay? Which goes to show that when you're Marvin Lewis, you don't know defense either. They've been pathetic. And if you pick if you pick Cincinnati in this game, you're not paying attention, especially after those two weeks. All right. And then you look at Denver after being left for dead in reality when you think about it, and you know their chances aren't great at five and six, but they're a game out of the um, the AFC wild card game right now with five to go. So you never know what's going to end up happening in Denver. Denver is not a good football team either, but they're going to get a victory here today, a much-needed victory for them. And when you look at this game, all the news is on the Bengals' side, and we're hardly even talking about the Broncos, and the Broncos have been playing good football. Broncos have won two in a row since they lost three. These are two teams going in two different directions, and it's obvious who you should pick in here now. You might like A.J. Green. I do, but you got Driscoll throwing you in the football, okay? He is no Andy Dalton, and he never will be. So that's, that's huge up on itself. So watch this one. I think this should be an entertaining game, and we're going to be talking about how bad Cincinnati looks yet again because that's just who they are. I'm going to start calling the show That's Just Who You Are. And the Cincinnati Bengals are doing the same thing that they've been doing many, many years ago. Should have never extended that contract out to their head coach, Marvin Lewis, and they're stuck with it. And they get to be the laughing stock of the NFL yet again. Yeah, I said it, laughing stock. But it is what it is. You are what you put out on the football field each and every week. And it hasn't been good. Next game up on the board that we're going to be talking about, the Indianapolis Colts are six and five. Guess what? They have quietly won five games in a row. Andrew Luck looks like the guy he was before he was hurt. Jacksonville losers a seven in a row. And, guys, I'm going to tell you, Jacksonville makes me want to puke. And they're my team, by the way. And I, I predicted this was going to happen. If you listen to this show, because this is a football team that had on the dire straits of their quarterback, Mr. Blake Bortles is the man. Well, guess what? Blake Bortles isn't the man anymore. So the Colts right now, they are trying to chase down the Houston Texans, a big loss for Houston today, and a win for Indianapolis will make that division a lot more interesting. It'll be a lot more fun. But that – in reality, for the last two years has been the case. But the years before that, those were the other teams chasing Indianapolis. We just had to change the teams around. So the AFC South, you get the rival games going on. You're getting what is going on on the football field. You get Jacksonville, and this is a division game. Listen, I'm not saying Jacksonville's a good football team, but I don't know. Let's talk about it. Indianapolis, listen. 
they they pretty much delivered the knockout blow against the Jacksonville Jaguars with the 29-26 victory back on November 11th. That was pretty much it. Now they're going to be going for the sixth consecutive victory to stay within striking distance of a team that might possibly win their ninth game today in the Houston Texans. So when you think about it, if you're the Colts and you have anybody in this locker room that are not looking at streak to win, then you don't need to be in the in, in that locker room. And Andrew Luck is the reason why that's ended up happening. And when you have a head coach, Frank Wright. Now, this is my only problem with Frank Wright is making bad decisions. And that has happened. We've seen a game completely lost because of a bad decision by Frank Wright. And they should have one more game possibly under their belt, under the W side. They didn't get it because of his decision. That having been said, this is not a head coach that is a head coach for the whole football team, more so than he's a quarterback coach, and he's supposedly running that team. Frank Wright is great. He's a great quarterback's coach. The question will be in line for the rest of this season as they try to make the run for the playoffs will be whether or not he's going to be able to get it done. And I just got um, Tarvin's picks in. So we'll we'll cover those picks with him um, here in just a moment. But right now, it's working. It's clicking in Indianapolis. All right. So even though Jacksonville, you know, right now, they have a bigger issue in reality. Okay. They're three and eight. And I I don't even know if the fight not to lose is their focus more so than where are they? They've got a lot of other things that they're talking about. A lot of things that they're thinking about. And this is a year after reaching the AFC Championship game. All right. The Jaguars are in a seven-game losing streak. They are at home, too. And they are plummeted all the way to the bottom of this division. So now that leads to changes in the rosters and the coaching staff. Doug Marone benched Blake Bortles in favor of Cody Kessler. And, folks, I've seen Cody Kessler up front, close and personal, as I hosted the ESPN uh, rookies uh, over a couple of years back over at Cowboy Stadium. Love the kid. Great guy. Has talent. Just not enough. And the Jaguars fire offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett and the quarterback's coach Scott Malinovic. Not, not, not what you might be thinking. Okay, so now when you do that and you're the head coach, you know you're on the hot seat. And by looking like you're making some changes, you're trying to save your job. I don't know if that's going to be enough for Doug Marone, but I think Doug Marone is – a guy that it could be, you know, a head coach for a long time for this football team, but they obviously got to get better. And you can't go on a seven-game losing streak if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and have the defense that you have. So what are you going to do? Now you have all these changes. They're also going to be without running back Leonard Fournette, who decided to show his ass last week because he got suspended for the fight 
that he had versus the Buffalo Bills. So you got there's a lot of things going on in Jacksonville. Indianapolis, it, these are two teams going two separate directions. So without Leonard Fournette, he returned from six weeks of injuries just to get into this fight. Not only that hurts his football team. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're they're a pathetic mess. And the Indianapolis Colts, guess what? They have to worry about playing its own game to get beyond and running into the playoffs. And if they don't play the same games that they've been playing in this winning streak of that five-game winning streak, it could be ugly. T.Y. Hilton has got to come up big in this game. Andrew Luck has thrown for three of – oh, here it is. Andrew Luck has thrown three of more touchdown passes in eight consecutive games, okay? That's helping the Colts average 33.1-point game in that span. That is Andrew Luckus. That is Peyton Manning. Those numbers mean a big deal. That is four touchdowns a game and then some. So now you get a ninth game this week you got to be able to break a tie. That's looming in there. Luck has with Peyton Manning with the uh, second place all-time, leaving him behind Tom Brady for the NFL mark for 10 consecutive games with three or more touchdown passes. So if he gets three or more touchdown passes, he'll pass his counterpart, that being Peyton Manning, who he took over for. So I don't know if those are the kind of things that sit in the back of the minds of a football team or a football player as they're moving on, depending on how much the media knows of that stat. But it should be very, very interesting to see where they are. So now, that having been said, he passed for 285 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception in the first meeting against Jacksonville. And the Colts um, were held off the scoreboard in the second half you know, after bolting out to a 29-16 loss or a 29-16 lead in reality. So you think about this, they take that, and that is, that's kind of the way it has happened for that team. Cody Kessler appeared in one game this season after Bartle, uh, Bortles was kicked out of that Houston game. They lost 20-7. to He completed 21-30 for 156 yards and one touchdown and an interception and a fumble and took four sacks. All right? Kessler still looks better than Blake Bortles. And those that's a horrible stat line, but still looks better than Blake Bortles. Now, I'm not saying Cody Kessler is the answer. I'm just saying it's something that had to happen. So, eight starts, okay, coming in his rookie season with the Cleveland Browns. We already know how many he won. Thirteen games he's appeared in, 12 with Cleveland. Again, we know how many he won and one with Jacksonville. All right? So, Kessler's got to be ready. All right? And out of all of that whole situation, Frank Wright's got to be ready for that. You know, there's not a lot on this guy. So you got to be ready for a guy that you don't see all the time. I'm going to Indianapolis in this, and I don't think Jacksonville even has a chance. And I like, again, I like Cody Kessler. Stephon Diggs, there's some news coming out. I'm looking at 
He has swelling in the knee. They're going to test it in the pregame and see if he can give it a go. That's big news from Minnesota. We'll talk about that game uh, here in a few moments. As we, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that in the third hour. So watch out for that. Stefan Diggs uh, with the problem. We'll keep you up to date on what we know about that injury and how it will affect the Minnesota Vikings in their game this week. Minnesota is going up against uh, New England, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Indianapolis Colts over Jacksonville, even though they are at home. So let's go ahead. I know who this is. 646, you ready? Hey, Sonny, what's going on? Bryce calling in from Brooklyn. I knew it was Bryce, baby. What's up, my <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you? I, I'm fine and dandy and feeling good. Hey, I got a question for you. Since you're online, let's go to the Sunday night football game since we got you online. Because we're going to talk about it anyway a little bit later. Let's just do it a little bit early and let's talk about it. So, your football team, and I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. This one's going to be a good one, Bryce. I'm, I, and the reason being is, is because you just don't know what you're going to get from Pittsburgh. And then you have the Chargers coming into your town. They've been playing good football. They're quite possibly going to get the AFC wild card because it looks like over there in the AFC West, it's all about Kansas City. But if Kansas City falls off the face, they might be able to win the division. We're getting a resurgence of a quarterback in Phillip Rivers that has been playing outstanding football. And then you have the Steelers with the one tie uh, at the end, but are seven and four uh, in the other game. So we could be looking at two teams that could be eight and three. This one's going to be a good one this week. Man, it's going to be a it's going to be a great matchup. Before we get into it, though, Sonny, I got a vent about last week. This is my bugaboo. Okay. I think Tomlin's the number. I think Tomlin's the number two coach in the league. But this is his bugaboo, which is why he's not Belichick. The teams at times are undisciplined. They're not communicating from the sideline. Too many bone assignments and just sloppy football. That dooms talented That's teams. It's sloppy. never That's failed. That's a good definition. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's never failed in 200 years of football or, or however long football's been around. That type of sloppiness that Pittsburgh has displayed, particularly the past few years, um, is going to get you beat against teams that are on their game that don't beat themselves. Steelers beating Steelers yep. once again reared its ugly head last week. Xavier Grimble, I tell you what, I tell you what, I think a different coach would have cut him from fumbling the football and missing that opportunity. Could and be. I like Xavier Grimble. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying you're right. You could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I think it would be. I like Xavier Grimble. I think he's a good third tight end on the team, but. But when you have that lack of discipline, with, with that, when you don't get that many opportunities, I think another team would have cut him. Um, he's very fortunate. Obviously, they're going to continue to work with him. But you just can't make that mistake. Ben Roethlisberger, too sloppy with the football. Um, sure, he's earned the right to criticize other teammates. But you can't throw these red zone interceptions and then turn around and criticize teammates. Stupid plays. 
Well, um, James you Conner. Know another thing, you can't you can't criticize Antonio Brown for making that move that he supposedly shouldn't, and still throw the football to him. I'm sorry. 100%. I mean, it, it, it's one thing to say that he shouldn't have done it; it's another to go ahead and throw it to him when he's making the quote unquote mistake. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's just and listen, look. Ben has the cachet because, look, Ben has been to the top of the mountain at the quarterback position and won the Super Bowls. Antonio Brown has not. But let's make no mistake, <laughs> Antonio Brown's at the mountain. And, I mean, he, he, is, he is going to be, I think, a first battle Hall of Fame player. And you need to respect him a little more than that. I don't mind guys getting on guys as long as guys can get on you. Um, James Conner, these, these unforced fumbles are just egregious. You, you can't sit here and – you're hardly touched. Guys, you're lazy. You fumble the football. I mean, yep. that's a prime scoring opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, prime scoring opportunity. We want Randy Feekner, who I like as our offensive coordinator, was too pass happy. Not enough balance, especially on the goal line when your fullback is a weapon. Use him. That 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 helps utilize the play action down there. You cut down on these red zone turnovers. You just got to be more efficient. Um, if they're not going to be efficient, Sonny, I tell you this. You know, I'm all in on my team, but they will get beat. If they're not going to play efficient football, they'll beat themselves, and that'll be the end of the season. It'll be a waste. Um, they are wasting well, let me ask you a question. great years. Right, right, yeah, let, me, let me ask you a question. With that being said, exactly what you said, if this is a football team that looks past these Chargers because of what you got going, listen, you have Oakland should be able to beat them. Then you, have, then you got the two tough games against New England and then New Orleans and Cincinnati you should win. There are two losses that are quite possibly on this, uh, on this uh, lineup for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and where they are. So the question will be with the Steelers, uh, only getting to nine three uh, nine five and one, will that be enough to make the playoffs? I'm going to tell you, no. They need one of those two if they're going to make the playoffs. I agree with you. I mean, you know, Baltimore has the easier schedule. Obviously, with that offense, Absolutely. they could falter and end up. They could they could falter and end up losing, which I suspect them. But it's all about really Pittsburgh. I mean, there is no overlooking it. The Chargers they have the better record, and right now I would say overall. If you look on paper, are the better football team statistically. They play more efficient football, and their quarterback's not turning it over. Now, having said that, because this is the show, you put prime time, uh-huh. Tomlin time. I like to call prime time Tomlin time because Tomlin gets his teams ready for prime time. Um, yeah. You've got the quarterback, who I think is better than Rivers, at home. You know, no huddle offense could come out. You know, there's a, there's, I like our chances, but I need to see what our defense is going to do. You got Joe Hayden, had a bad game last game. They're going to put him on Keenan Allen, athlete on athlete, and say win. And then what's Cody Sensiball going to do? Are they going to, what happens when Cody Sensiball, by a good quarterback, gets, gets targeted over and over and over again? I still need to see if we can stop the run. This backup running back runs a lot like Phillip Lindsay. Phillip Lindsay was game last week. He was tough. He was talking trash. I didn't think we met their level of intensity and our run defense, and that was very disappointing. So for this week, well, let me ask you a question. I got my Steelers winning, but this, this is going to be a tough game. You made a statement a little bit earlier, so I got to go back to it because I found it interesting. I had so much so I wrote it down. I'm lazy. I don't write anything down. All right, but you said that the Pittsburgh Steelers are better. Now, are you saying they're better at home? Than the than the Chargers, you know, because they're home or they're the better football team. Uh, yeah, I guess I need some clarification, uh, you know, as far as what you're no, saying. No, 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 no. 
Oh, oh yeah, no, no, no. I think on pay, I think statistically the Chargers are playing more efficient football and, and are actually record-wise or what have you the better football team. But I think playing at home, I think with us having a little bit, I think between the two quarterbacks, Ben is the better quarterback. So I like to go with the better quarterback in these situations when you're at home on prime time. Historically, I think, I think yes, I think coming off a loss, um, I think Pittsburgh. It's definitely going to be refocused a little bit, but it really comes down to the defense. If the defense, I need to see what this defense is going to do. Um, if the defense can rise up and hold the Chargers to under 24 points, um, I think they can win. Um, but I do think right now, on statistically, the Chargers are the more efficient football team. They're playing smarter, more efficient football. Mm-hmm. They got a ton of weapons. First of all, how's the weather, you know, for this game? Before I, I open know. Up that's a good mouth, question. I guess we'll have to open up that old Google thing and put in weather for Pittsburgh because I think weather's going to have a lot to do with this game if it's going to be as ugly as it is. It is 62 and sunny. So I'm going to take back what I was thinking. Right now, you know, the char- first of all, the Chargers – I'm sorry, they're, they're the better football team this year. Historically, you're correct. Right. And I think historically on the quarterback, you're correct. This year, no. This year, Phillip Rivers is the better quarterback. And then the, and you, if you want to say we're giving the quarterback too much credit for wins, uh, you can. But in this case, that's all that it's about because that's what Phillip Rivers has been able to do because their their defense hasn't been the reason why they win football games in reality. Now, that could come back and bite them this week. Um, if, if you can't get in, get to Ben Roethlisberger, if you're going to give him too much time, he's going to get down the field. And if you get down the field with Antonio Brown, you better tackle him. Oh, my God, that one touchdown, he should have been down. It was ridiculous last week. I mean, bad tackling, not good coverage down the football field. But if you decide to play that kind of game against the Pittsburgh Steelers when they're at home, you're, play, you're setting yourself up for a loss. And so efficiency will be the big question in this game. Not offensively, because I think we're going to get that today. It's about the defense, on whether or not that they'll be able to lock up against the wide receivers. And obviously where this game is going to be won is whether or not the Chargers can get to the quarterback. And that might be the bigger task today than anything else out on the football field. If the Chargers don't get to the quarterback, they give Ben Roethlisberger too much time, this could get ugly before it even gets started. Now, this is interesting, Sonny, because I think this is where you and I may have one of our um, few disagreements. <laughs> um, I think Philip Rivers is playing more efficient football than Ben Roethlisberger because Ben's turned it over too much this year. But I actually think yep. on year to year outside of that, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Ben is having a very good year. Listen, it's it's all about Super Bowls. Say whatever you want about Philip Rivers and how great he is. Okay, how many? By the way, how many rings does Philip Rivers have? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, look, but but just just counting this year, Ben's having a really good year. And and I tell you what, the offensive line has proven itself. This is where my issue was with Feetner last week. I don't think he trusts the offensive line enough. Got to stick a little bit more with the run. I love to throw the football because I love our weapons and our quarterback, but you've got Absolutely. to run the football with this because you have this offensive line who I think has an advantage against the, the Charger defensive line. 
because the Steelers will most likely every week have an advantage with that offensive line. I mean, they're down to their yeah. third tackle, who I tell you what, he got a lot of help last week against Miller. He had a good, solid game. I mean, he's a young guy. They are deep at tackle. They've got a great center. They've, just, they've got a great offensive line. I want to see their coordinator use that line more as a weapon because Ben's going to have time to throw the football. You're just they're getting rid, he's yep. getting out of his hands faster in his older age. You're just you're not going to sack him five times. So if we can control the game, I think that's going to help our defense. But our defense just has to show up. We don't turn people over, well, so we're not what? turning people over. You know so they're they're sustaining drive. You know what's going to help them this week? You know what's going to help them this week? The absence of Gordon in the backfield for for the Chargers. It could. Okay? So yeah. that means that Philip Rivers is going to have to become the offense, not part of the offense, but the offense in reality. And when that happens, and I hate to say this, but when they're dependent on Philip Rivers to be the only weapon. That is when the Chargers lose football games, okay? Now, the Chargers have a habit of losing football games. They have no business losing, okay? But when it comes to a game and a team that they are playing, this what ends up happening is you look at Go back, all right? Last week, 45-10 to 10 victory, but look who they played. It was the Arizona Cardinals. Don't fall in love with that performance. It's the Arizona Cardinals of the late 2000s or the early 2000s and the late 1990s, okay? That's the team, okay? So, in other words, he's not there. So, Phillip Rivers right now, as he's ranked third in the NFL in passer rating, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions, but how many did he throw against the Arizona Cardinals? Let's drop him down and give him really two. And then we are looking at real stats on where he's at. That having been said, it is about a team that has going to hold on to the football in this game as well. So, and I don't know what it is. Ben Roethlisberger's had a problem with interception this year. I think he's got 12 of them. So when you have that, that equals out to the second most interceptions in the league. And the most important time is about when he throws those interceptions. So if this game gets down to the end of the game and Ben Roethlisberger has to make a play compared to just making a play, that could come back and haunt him if he is in the mind. So turnovers have got that, – that's plagued your football team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that could be the thing that ends up going up. Because if you remember, this was against the Broncos, and granted it was that they were on the road, but guess what? They committed four turnovers, and that get – now, that takes them up to 19 on the season. Only six more teams in the league have more, okay? And all six of them have losing records. So the, right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are lucky to be where they are as far as their record is concerned, okay? Because opponents they have, that they play, okay, they've only committed 12 against Pittsburgh. And guess what? That gives the Pittsburgh Steelers a minus seven in the differential, and it's amazing they got the record that they do right now. So when you look at all that, now granted, they still got to play the game, and you just never know what you're going to get. But this is going to be a beautiful day, Sunday night football. I, you know, I, I, I got the couch potato quarter out, but when I read those stats and I read what I just said, because I wrote it down because I, this was the game of the week for me. 
I am on the Chargers this week to go to make the upset because it's going to be all about turnovers. And right now, Pittsburgh is just committing way too many of them, and just recently as well. Hey, Sonny, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Turnovers have been the bugaboo for Pittsburgh. They've been giving oh, it up, and then they don't get the football. The defense is not dynamic enough. Um, There's just not, not enough playmaking to get the football. It is – I mean, it's a big problem. And, you know, when you're in the week 12, it's like, how do you turn it around? Because if you're going to turn it around, it has to start today in December football. Because if you're not going to turn it around this month, it's over. This is who you are, and – you're going to have a hard time beating really good teams that don't beat themselves if you're giving the football away, um, which tells you me they need to get back. Jacksonville. Right, exactly. Look, when you've got Ben Roethlisberger, you always got a chance. Franchise elite quarterback, mm-hmm. um, top four quarterback to me in the league. The issue is B. Feetner has to commit to balance, like meaning he, he has to commit. Okay, he has to look. Okay, here's what we're doing. We're turning football over too much and not getting it. So what do I need? More balance in the run game. More efficiency in the run game to help to help us not turn the football over, set us up in better in better situations. So they're gonna have to scheme around that because they're they've been too prone to turning it over, as you said. And that's putting them in bad situations. Look, because of turnovers, Pittsburgh has given away two football games. Really the this right. team should be nine and two right now. They got beat by Baltimore and Kansas City. But but they absolutely gave that tie to Cleveland, and they gave the game away last week. So by turning it over, they should be nine and two. They've given away two games, so they're still in pretty good shape for the division. But I tell you what, a win tonight, and they're right back on track because they because all of their losses have been in the AFC. So they need to get AFC absolutely. wins. This is a huge game for Pittsburgh. Absolutely, because it's all going to be about that all-important tiebreaker if it comes down to that. But if you look at the Chargers, okay, they have to be able to beat the top teams in this league, okay, which they haven't, you know, sometimes have a hard time doing. Um, because all but one of their wins this season have come against teams that currently have a losing record. So now when you go into Pittsburgh, okay, you get a different football team that you're going up against, okay? So now you take a look at it. That one victory over Seattle, um, that team's barely over 500. So if you're the Chargers, when you're looking at this game, you've got to get this quality win. And it has really nothing to do with what's going to go on as far as the rest of the regular season is. It's how they would perform in the playoffs if and when they get there against a good quality AFC football team, that's the huge thing. And the Chargers have to come up on top on that. So, and, and I'll tell you, when the Pittsburgh Steelers barely got out of Jacksonville, I almost grabbed the couch potato, uh, the couch potato sports show fork and put it in Pittsburgh. But that's one thing you can't do too early against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the season is write them off. And that's why this game is going to be a good one uh, on Sunday Night Football. And I, I, for one, will actually watch this game. I normally don't watch a Sunday Night Football because of the commercials. So I'm actually going to watch this one because I think we could be looking at two teams, one of these two teams or both of these teams, making it deep into the playoffs. Sonny, I'm going to not so fast you in a, in a little bit. <laughs> well, right now, I, I, um, right now, actually, because I'm going to give the Jacksonville Jaguars credit for that game because we haven't talked in a while. 
That game, yeah. the Jaguars, I think at that moment, were a little bit better than what people were saying. That defense is game, and that secondary, I tell you what, Jalen Ramsey, he time. really impressed me. I mean, he impressed me with the way he covered Antonio Brown. Um, I thought their defense was game. Um, I thought we got a little bit too pass happy, but I tell you what, let me come on right now and say that I don't know what I ever saw in Blake Bortles. I got enamored with the size and the arm strength and all that. He was so I pitiful that game. That. He was, you did, you did, you did 100%. He was so <laughs> pitiful in that Steeler oh. game. If, if, if I was playing on defense, I'd want to fight that guy in the locker room. Oh, God. He was so pitiful in that game. You love the fact that it was Blake Bortles, and then you go out and perform that way. Guess what? The Pittsburgh Steelers walked in thinking they were going to destroy them, and that didn't happen. And that and that was it could have been a turnaround for the season for them as well. And, yeah, it, a come-to-Jesus moment, as we like to say on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, Pittsburgh took it from them. It was sweet. That pretty much, look. The Jaguars are losing, but that ended their season. That loss to Pittsburgh Absolutely. ended their season. And it, and, and it, was, it wasn't playoff, like, end your season, but it was close. I mean, so, so that was good. But, yeah, Pittsburgh just can't give the football away. They can't give the football yep. away, and I need to see this defense against an elite quarterback. You know, they did it to Cam Newton because they got up early. Let's see what they do now. I mean, because it's going to be a great game. Sonny, I got to get off the phone, but I just wanted to call in, man, because, you know, I love talking football with you. I love it, and you're always welcome on the Couch Potato Sports Show. He's Bryce, as he calls in. We adjusted our schedule a little bit just so we can accommodate. Have yourself a good one. Thanks for calling in, my friend. Thanks, man. He is Bryce, and he is a he is what I call a you know when when you you're not a fanatic of your team, you're a realist. And Dallas Cowboy fans, you could learn a lot from Bryce um, because. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, this one's a tough one. It's Sunday night football, and it, it's it, you say whatever you want. You know, both teams. You know, either go. I, they're not necessarily going in different directions, but I think key on this game also is coaching. Okay, you got a different coach situation, and we we talk about it all the time when you talk about your teams. Okay, you can talk about. Tomlin all day long. Frankly, I, I'm not a Tomlin fan, just not. And it, it has to do with everything, but nothing about him. It's more in the fact on how he leads his team. And now I have a problem with that with him. Now, I listen to Terry Bradshaw. Sometimes I think he can go off a little bit and be completely out in left field. But one thing I do kind of look at when Terry Bradshaw talks, when he talks coaching, I like when he talks coaching because he'll call a spade a spade. He'll call a diamond a diamond. He'll call you a perfect player if you are. And and I don't know. And maybe it's because they have not been able to have more success than maybe Terry Bradshaw thinks that Pittsburgh Steelers should have. But, you know, got to remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the winningest football team in Super Bowl history in the Super Bowl. So it is what it is. Uh, and Tomlin, as much as maybe um, uh, Terry Bradshaw don't want to admit it, listen, he is a mainstay. You think about it. Just think about the coaching. You, right now, Tomlin, who was that before? Bill Cowher, okay? 
And then the other one, you think, Chuck, no, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you want to talk about a mainstay at the head coaching position? I mean, there's no other team in the NFL more solid at the head coaching position than Pittsburgh Steelers. So when you got that going for you, you know, you got backup. So when you do, listen, you say whatever you want, okay? The simple fact of the matter is, is the Pittsburgh Steelers have won some football games this year, seven, three, and one. Now, I don't like the one because they should have buried the Cleveland Browns. And like Bryce said, they gave them that tie. But those are the games that when I look at a Mike Tomlin, even though he's been a mainstay there, this is, these are the games that stick in your mind. And really when you think about it, okay, I don't know how much when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching has to do with it because of the talent level that's out on the football field. But as a coach, you've got to be able to put your team in a situation where they can win. And I don't necessarily know if that has ended up happening in Pittsburgh under them. More in the fact that it's players making plays. And you see Ben Roethlisberger out there making plays all day long. So when you look at the whole situation and where it is, you got to ask yourself that question when you're about ready to walk into what you're going to get with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You want that. I am on the Chargers. I think turnovers are going to have a lot to do with it. If they, if they get the Ben Roethlisberger, that's going to be the key portion of the game. Giving to the quarterback and or turnovers, one of those two happen in the favor of the Chargers. I think they win the football game even though they're at home and it's on prime time. So it's going to be a good one. So that's going to take us to our next break. I'm glad that Bryce was able to give us a call. Love the fact that he was in there. Let's do this here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to take our quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of them. We'll get the picks coming from Charvin, and hopefully Cuervo will get his picks in before we get to the kickoff of the game. So that's going to do it for us here in the second hour. Moving into the third hour, quick breakout on the football field. ha <laughs> ha. No, quick break here on the Couch Potatoes Sports Show. And that being said, we will be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. 
With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. <laughs> and take it for a ride? Check out Costlow Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costlow Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costlowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. It is the big show. It is that being said on the Couch Potato Sports Show, week number 13 of the NFL. Welcome in as we cover all the games in the NFL. We've talked a little bit about Kareem Hunt. We talked about the Kansas City Chiefs. 
We talked about the games that are going on. We did get out of order. We did talk Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday Night Football a little early because we did have Bryce online there. Having been said, of course, that's the name of this show as we continue on here on our Sunday morning tradition that continues on. Let's get into the next game that we're set and ready to look at. It is the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, who are 10-1. They are first in the NFC West take on the Detroit Lions in Detroit who are four and seven. I don't have a lot to say about this game because the Lions disappointed me last week. The Lions couldn't beat the Chicago Bears with a backup quarterback. Now they're going to get a real quarterback in their face in Ford Field as well. Okay. So my excitement about this game is definitely not there. And the Lions are in a situation where they got to learn to win with their personnel. And it just goes to show that their personnel isn't all that good. You lose Tate. That was a big loss. And I'm not a Golden Tate fan by any stretch. In fact, I can't really stand the guy if I'm perfectly honest. But that having been said, that's the name of this show. The Rams are just a better football team. And not only that, they are going to roll the Lions here today, and there's not much to talk about. Now, when you look at this game and the Lions and where they are and what's going on with them, as as a Lion fan, if you are one, you've got to ask yourself a question. What is going to go on for the rest of this season? Are they going to be able to react? Are they going to be able to come out and play? You, you don't expect to see it in this game. And if you expect to see it, you're, I think you're wishing a little bit too much luck up on your, on your Lions, okay? The Lions are in, in dire straight right now, okay? And right now, the Rams face the Lions, and guess who's on the other side is Sue. As they are nearing the division title, they get this victory today. They're going to win the NFC West because Seattle won't be able to catch them. So, you know, wrapping up this division would be something that would be really, really good for this football team. And the fact that, you know, if they end up losing that game, that could be a big-time hurt on this team. And you look at the numbers and you look at where the the, uh, Lions are, the Lions are a pathetic 21-point uh, game, team game. That's what they put up on the board. That's it. Three touchdowns and you got Matthew Stafford. Come on, you got to do better than that. But if you look at the rest of the season for the Lions, it doesn't get much better except that you get Arizona next week. You'll probably throttle them. Then you got a Bills team who might be still battling for a playoff spot and Minnesota within your division and with Green Bay. Lions are just a they're just in a bad situation this week. And, and when when you're the Lions and you can't perform enough to get a victory over a backup quarterback and you got the Rams coming in, if, if anybody thinks that this game is going to end up any different than a victory for the Rams, uh, you're living in your own little world. So that's not a lot to talk about that game because it might get ugly. So that will take us to a real game. Let's head into the next game, the Kansas City Chiefs, 9-2. Lost last week, Oakland 2-9. Okay, this is not a game either. And that starts the afternoon games. 
and they they you know they don't get much they they get better but not much. It's going to be an ugly afternoon of football. There might be one good game in the afternoon. The other ones they'll just be going to because they'll be getting to the red zone because we watch red zone. There's not a lot to talk about the rest in some of these games for the rest of these games because I think they're too easy to pick. So, but you look at Kansas City, okay? Kansas City in reality, okay, coming off of the loss last week. Now, listen, when Kansas City loses their second game, okay, you've you, you got to ask yourself the question. Well, actually, I don't think they were in action. I think they were on the bye last week because the game that they played was the, was the big one where they scored all the points and everything. That was the Thursday. Let's see here. I'm looking at week 12. Kansas City should be easy to find because I mismarked KC. Yeah, I think they were on the bye last week. So, that having been said, Interesting situation with Oakland, and you know, if you really look at this in the last few years, it's usually a pretty good rivalry game because it's in division, so it's always a pretty good rival uh, for the longest time. Uh, but this Sunday, I just don't think that that's what the case is, especially with Kansas City playing as well as they are. Uh, one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL right now. Um, then the Ra- Raiders. You know, slipping to two and nine, coming off a thirty-four to seventeen loss against the Baltimore Ravens, which obviously you don't necessarily think that that's where you know, you didn't think Oakland was going to win that game anyway. But you you think John Gruden sometimes just really pisses me off because he'll make an obvious statement that you makes you want to slap him across the face for being so stupid. I know what we're in for. I know what the Chiefs said Coach Andy Reid's record is. I know the Chiefs are, I know where they are right now. I know what they are right now. I know what they're capable of doing. I know what the point spread is. I know a lot about what I see on tape. You know, this is a guy just trying to get out the end of the season. But you make stupid statements like that. It, no wonder nobody wants to pick you or believe in you. And, hell, that's just people who are watching the game. What about the players? Let's get a little more original, John. But I, I guess that's what happens when you are 2-9 and ninth and you're last in your own division going up against the division leader who is and 9-2. Oh, and by the way, you got Patrick Mahomes breathing down your neck. Now, listen. I don't know what we're going to get out of Patrick Mahomes. I, I, to, to be honest, I, I don't know. I'd like to see the sophomore slump continue with guys like this. You know, his first year playing 100, you know, and, and then second year just go by the wayside. I would, I would love to see that just because that's how history writes itself. But great quarterbacks usually have halfway decent um, second, second season. Say whatever you want about Dallas Cowboys fan, okay? Dak Prescott's second season wasn't as bad as it could have been, so you should be happy that you have him because that guy's only going to get better. Yeah, I said it, Dallas. God makes me want to puke. But I think Dak Prescott is the real deal. Watch him in the third season. Listen, I think Dallas Cowboys could make a run, actually, a reasonable run. I think they win the NFC East next year. 
obviously the Giants aren't going to be there. Depending on how the Eagles reload is going to be the big question over there. Okay, and Washington, if they get Alex Smith back, I don't know. But I, I think, you know, Dallas Cowboys are primed to win this division with Dak Prescott. But when you switch it over and you look at Patrick Mahomes and what's going on, you have Phillip Rivers breathing down your neck. And if Oakland pulls off the surprise win and the Chargers get that victory, they're going to be one game closer right to there. So the Kansas City Chiefs really can't close up shop. they got to go out and destroy the Oakland Raiders. Now, they've got the capability of doing it. they got a great quarterback. But you say whatever you want about Patrick Mahomes, um, he didn't play bad, you know, but he didn't play great in the last game that they were out on the football field. Okay, 54-51 loss. Okay, he had some turnovers. Yeah, everything is there. But here's my fear. And we talked about it on Thursday when this thing broke, when we were on air. This whole situation regarding their guy, and I'm talking about Kareem Hunt, I think it's going to take take a toll on this football team. I just don't think it's going to be today. I think they can get past it. The Kansas City Chiefs are a better football team than the Oakland Raiders, even if they're having mental problems trying to get over what's going on. And then you've got Kareem Hunt coming out saying what he's saying and you know doing the political correct crap answers on there, you know, and doing what he has to say in order to maybe get a job. But, you know, right now, this guy's going to be suspended for at least six games when he decides to come back. But Kansas City, this is a game game they cannot afford to lose. Now, Oakland can't afford to win either because that'll put them a little bit further away from the first-round draft pick, although they got a bunch going in the first round. Oakland really can't afford to win this game. It's the games afterwards as far as Kansas City is concerned because you got Baltimore, you have the Chargers rolling in your face, depending on what Seattle is going to be throwing at you at the time, will be huge. And then week 17, you get Oakland, you should be able to win that game too. You should be able to sweep sweep this Oakland Raider football team in the last five weeks of the season. But those next three games, Baltimore, Chargers, and Seattle, those are games that are going to be big, especially the game in and um, against the Chargers and these two games within the division that are going to be huge. So look out for that one. I mean, I don't know. Oakland, it, you know, it, do they care about winning? I don't know. We'll find out whether or not they care about anything. But say whatever you want. Oakland, you know, is still trying to run for that first-round draft pick. And not only that, they can use that to pass along to even get more draft picks to revamp a whole football team. And then you got two years before we'll see the Oakland Raiders relevant again. Now it's personal opinion, but that's just what I see. So that will take us into the next game that we're going to be talking about here on the Couch with the Sports Show. It's a gross game of uh, the New York Giant, uh, Jets, 3-8, and eight, taking on Tennessee. This is it's going to be – I don't – I'm just not a Jet fan. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm not a big believer in the big green. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not a believer in the coach. And I love their coach as a defensive coordinator. You can say whatever you want, okay? But the football team that is known as the New York Jets, okay, should have a different coach. 
Because when you think about the head coach of this football team, Todd Bowles should have went to Buffalo. And I've been stating that for a long time because they had a defense that was set up for him to be successful. And instead, he took the big-time job. And guess what? The big-time job hasn't worked out for Todd Bowles. He's 3-8. and eight. He's at the bottom of the AFC East. And then you got a team that's sitting right there in third in the AFC South in Tennessee. And Tennessee is one of these teams that are a mirage. Okay, they look like a football team, but then sometimes they play like they're not. And then they'll end up beating the New England Patriots at home and then turn around and drop a stupid game. That's just what they do. That You only are what you do and what you put out there. So in order for the Titans to get into the playoffs, they have to win this game and they have to run the table with one of the weakest remaining schedules in the league, and that starts with the Jets. Tennessee is prime if they go on the run and decide that they're going to try to make a run at the playoffs. But the question in reality, when you look at all of it, do they have the capability to step up against the crap teams in the NFL? Because that's what's headed their way. It starts with this week. Say whatever you want. The Jets suck. Jacksonville sucks. The Giants sucks. Washington's a good team if they had Alex Smith, but they don't. And then they end up a week 17 with the quality football team. So four out of the five last games of the season for this football team, for the Titans, could be a situation. But they are going to have to get that fifth game if they're going to win. So... You look at the whole situation regarding the Jets. Are they they're on a five-game losing streak now. There are one of three teams that could be starting a backup quarterback this week, so we don't even know who we're going to get there. Josh McCown, Sam Darnold, whatever the whole situation is, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you right now, it could end up being crazy at the end of the year. The Jets are a month away from missing the playoffs for the eighth straight season in a row. And, frankly, they're 3-8. They're, they're never going to make the playoffs. I mean, mathematically, they can make it, but they're just not going to. So, I mean, if you look at positive, I mean, if you want to stay positive when you're talking about the Jets, they scored 42 points against the Indianapolis Colts. Okay? It came a foot away from Jason Myers from making a field goal to win that game, to, to win another game. Too. So you look at a lot of things. The Jets are just inches away from being a good team, but they suck. Now, I'm not saying the Tennessee Titans don't suck because they're not a good football team. But when you look at the whole situation regarding the Jets and these two teams in the AFC, you got Marcus Mariota that should be leading this team into the playoffs. They're not doing it. But during the skid on that losing streak, the Jets have only scored 11.2 points a game. Okay? With one touchdowns or fewer in the last four games, and that is when they lost their tight end, Chris Herndon, and uh, Darnold reached the end zone and the Minnesota lost. That's it. 
So the frustration has got to be there huge. Now, if you flip side it on the other side, you got the Titans football team, you know, two blowout losses in the AFC South against the Colts and the Texans, okay, guess what? They're at home, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a football team that plays well at home, and they have got to start doing it. So back to going to doing the basics. That means run the ball, throw the ball, catch the ball. That's what you got to do. And if they don't do that, they're going to lose this game. Now, I'm on Tennessee all day, okay, because the Jets can't get out of their own way. That's just who they are. So when you are who you are and Todd Bowles can't get you to that level the way you can get away from that level of you are who you are, that just puts them in a situation where they lose yet again. I don't know if they're even capable of being a good football team the rest of the season. I don't want to even say I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I don't. Benefit of the doubt don't lie very well. So I'm on Tennessee. We've got 25 more minutes left to go on the show. we got two more games to talk about. And let's all go right to Minnesota. Minnesota 6-4-1. and one. Oh, my God. They won last week. The Patriots 8-3. and three. First in the East, at home. Really have no problem. They could drop this game, and it means absolutely nothing in reality. However, it will give them a situation as far as what the standings are concerned. So let's go to the AFC and talk about that. We're going to – listen, New England's going to win this game. Minnesota right now – you know, they're playing good football. They're just It's going to be hard to beat the New England Patriots at home when something's on the line. And guess what? Something is on the line. Okay, we can talk about Kansas City being 9-2. and two. Right now have the best record. Um, you go ahead in your New England, you get this victory, you should be able to get there to 9-3. and three. Only one game of, you know, coming in first place, the New England Patriots won a bye. All right, they want a buy. They need a buy. This is a football team. This is the first time I can honestly say that the Patriots need a buy. And the reason why they need a buy is because they're so good coming off of a buy. So a buy in the first round for the New England Patriots is vital for them to be who they are. And when you're the Patriots and you're taking on Minnesota, you've you got to bring your A game at home because Minnesota is fighting for a playoff spot. Now, when you take a look at the rest of the schedule for New England for them to try to get a number one, number two spot for, so they can get the bye, they have, the, they have their situation. They got Minnesota. It's going to be a fight today. Then they got Miami, but that game's at Miami. That's not going to be easy either. Then they got Pittsburgh. Then they got two division games, which they should be able to win against Buffalo and the Jets. So these next three weeks are going to be very vital for the Patriots to get and get that that buy, but I'm going to tell you right now, they go if they win one of the next three. Um, actually, let me rephrase that: if they win one of the next three, they're going to get that buy. But would you like to do it a little bit earlier, to where you don't have to bust your balls in sixteen week sixteen and seventeen in order to get that buy? You would like to be able to start with Minnesota, get in Miami, and then maybe somehow wipe the floor with Pittsburgh, which is not going to happen. It's going to be a fight. But two of the next three, if the New England Patriots do that, 
They, they can coast for the rest of the season. Now, all the teams in the NFL that we talk about, okay, Cuervo was talking about the sitting players and everything else, the New England Patriots are experts at that. They've been doing it for years. They're the only ones that are really capable of doing it, and that is what this team needs going into the playoffs if they expect to make the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're capable of making the Super Bowl with all the talent that's going on in the AFC right now, but right now they're sitting on the top of the world right now at the number two spot. They want to continue that. They just can't let other teams within the AFC get up there. Now, Minnesota, we don't know about Diggs whether or not he's going to play or not, okay? Now, Minnesota, they made the first big step of taking control of their playoff destiny a week ago when they got the coast-to-coast, you know, victory, or those coast-to-coast games that are going to be uh, heading with them. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you're sitting in second place in the NFC North behind the Chicago Bears and the Bears are capable of dropping games because of the situation at the quarterback position, Kirk Cousins has to come and play. And in his first seasons with Minnesota after signing the $84 million contract in the offseason, um, you can say whatever you want about it. You know, you can say whether or not they're about, you know, what it is. But he's about ready to – I'll just say it. He is about ready to square off against the GOAT, the baddest man on the planet. Yeah, I said it. I've always said it. I never said Aaron Rodgers should ever have that title. The baddest man on this planet right now is Tom Brady, even with Drew Brees playing as great as he is, although they took the loss against the Dallas Cowboys. I got to put that out there every time it happens. So for my locals. But right now, Tom Brady, 41, Kirk Cousins, you make more money. This is the game. This is the marquee game where you've got to stand up and say, hey, we're going to get that victory. But you're in Gillette, man. That's a different That's a different monster. It really is. If this game was in Minnesota, I think I'd pick the Minnesota Vikings to win this game. And so I'm going home field advantage. Not only that, Kirk Cousins, even though it's his first year, he's not having a horrible season. But this is also a game right now that he's going to be compared to and looking at um, whether or not he deserved that $84 million contract. And guess what? Kirk Cousins is going to drop the ball, and he's going to look average like he is against the great football teams. Minnesota, okay, if you look at it, last year went to the NFC championship game behind the defense that surrendered only 15.8 games a season. That was number one in the league. Okay, they're not quite there this year. And saying whatever you want, as far as anything that's going on, you think about the Vikings. They limited Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to a season worse, 198 points in the game last week where they won 24-17. And not only that, they put a hurting on Aaron Rodgers. So the difference is, though, is the offensive line that's going to be headed their way with the Patriots, okay? If you think that Bill Belichick doesn't see how many times that Aaron Rodgers was on the ground and in the dirt and in the grass, you're crazy. But Minnesota's defense is allowing 276 yards since week number four. Sacked Aaron Rodgers four times last week, okay? And that has to be the goal this week in reality because you have to put pressure on Brady. But the problem is when you put pressure on Brady, Brady seems to be able to step his game up. So Mike Zimmer is going to have to 
be able to figure out a way to get to Tom Brady to where it affects him more so than makes him better. And when Brady is under pressure, he makes some of the most amazing throws in the NFL, and it's the reason why he's the GOAT, and that's the reason why he is the best man on the planet. So Brady is going to have to figure out a way to attack Minnesota's defense with the short passing game. And in reality, you look at the running back, James White, 67 catches out of the backfield. Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, and Josh Gordon. And not only that, the Josh Gordon thing has worked out excellent for the New England Patriots. So defensively, when I look at this game and I'm going to pick the New England Patriots, I'm going to expect the way I'm going to expect the New England Patriots to figure out a way to slow down Kirk Cousins. And the reason why I think that can happen is because Kirk Cousins shows that when he's under pressure in a game that he has to have, in a game that he has to prove himself, he becomes an average quarterback. An average quarterback isn't going to get it done. And Minnesota's high, quote-unquote, high-powered offensive attack has to come in and play here because Kirk Cousins is averaging close to 300 yards a game. He's got 22 touchdowns and only seven interceptions, but oh, contraire, let's slow down a little bit. Even though you have a great wide receiver in Adder Thiem, we don't know what Stephon Diggs is all about because he had some knee swelling when he woke up this morning, and it's the first thing to hit the news this morning. So whether or not that's going to affect what's going to happen in Minnesota, I was going to pick him even if Diggs played, but I'm on. that's yet another reason why I feel good about the pick. So when you look at those two, those two guys, both players last week, I'm talking about Diggs and Thien, had eight receptions and a touchdown against Green Bay. But I'm going to tell you right now, the New England Patriots are a better football team than Green Bay. All you got to do is take a look at the record and realize that. But when you think about Thien, you know, you look at this guy, man, I mean, 93 catches, ranking sex, uh, second in the NFL with 1,138 yards, eight touchdowns, and last week he had his 900-yard game of the season. So Kirk Cousins got those weapons that Cuervo's talking about that makes them so great. But my question is, is since you've got all those weapons, why are you 6-4-1? And, and don't give me this crap that you need to figure out how you're going to get chemistry among a team. If you've got that talent, you make it work. Now, that having been said, of course, that's the name of the game. That's the name of the show. The New England Patriots are just a better football team. And they should be able to get the victory, and that's why I'm on them today. When you go into Gillette, boy, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a total different turnaround. When you're out of all the – there's only three, really three places that you you worry about going into. One, even though Green Bay is having a hard time this year, it's an intimidating setting. All right, it's just intimidating. It's loud as hell. And then Kansas City is a tough place to get a win there as well. And I'll add a fourth. It's at New, uh, New Orleans. Hard to get a win there. But at Gillette, it's almost impossible. Well, that's why I'm on New England. Now take us up into the next game here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all here on a Sunday morning, San Francisco 49ers. They're 2-9 clubs. Those are two in a row. Seattle. 
I'm going to say right now, Seattle is benefiting from a team that has had an opportunity to figure out where their chemistry is. And right now, they are not in the worst position in order to make a run for the playoffs. Yeah, I said it. All right. Obviously, the Rams are going to bury out that bury out that division. Come on, let's be honest. But when you are the football team, such as the Seattle Seahawks, you have San Francisco this week. That should be a win. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have anything. You do have Minnesota, and then you get the 49ers yet again. Then you get Kansas City and Arizona. So. You have three games that are probably wins. And when you're Seattle, you with those three games, you will be nine and five. So that means there's two games. That one of those two games they need to get the victory in. It's next week against Minnesota and or on December twenty third against the Kansas City Chiefs. You need one of those three, you'll make the playoffs. Watch out. These, I hate to say it, but the reason why I hated Seattle is because I didn't like their defense and their attitudes. The reason why football teams are successful is because a team recognizes a quarterback has to be the reason why you are a superstar team. And guess what? Russell Wilson is standing up to that task. Now, he has made some bad decisions, don't get me wrong, but this is really simple. Russell Wilson's a good football player. Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. And with what is going on with them going into this week, they get a a scrimmage. Listen, the 49ers don't have their starting quarterback. This is scrimmage. This is a game where they can try some things and figure out whether or not they can work. I am all over Seattle getting a big victory against San Francisco. They are at home, and that being uh, Seattle. So you say whatever you want. That's a hard place to play when they're good. Notice how I didn't put them in the top four because it's not a good football team right now. They have to find a new identity. Their identity obviously was defensive. Now getting used to the new identity, which is offensively with your uh, franchise quarterback and Russell Wilson, they're coming along good. Those three games that they should win will make them nine and five. They got two games up on top of it, and they'll get one of them. Seattle Seahawks are going to make the playoffs in the NFC. You watch because Dallas Cowboys will figure out a way to screw it up. And if they're going for a wild card, Seattle's going to be up on top of them. Now, I think Dallas Cowboys are going to win that division, so they lock that up. But the other teams within this division, I think they're pretty well set. So it should be good. Kirk Cousins, you better earn your money in Minnesota. But Seattle, I think they got it set. Seattle's going to be in good shape this week. And that's going to take us to the last game here up on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover them all each and every week. Last game is a Monday night football game. I don't have a lot to say about it. Washington Redskins without without their quarterback is six and five. 
They're going to lose today against Philadelphia. But that just makes the NFC East even more interesting. Because when you're looking at Philadelphia going up against the Dallas Cowboys this week, or, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys already getting the game this week, makes this division completely interesting. Number one, Philadelphia will probably beat Washington. Now, let's figure, let's just say Washington gets the victory against Philadelphia on Monday night. Just to play that, I mean, they're not going to be able to do it. They don't, they don't have their quarterback, okay? They just don't have their quarterback. And that, that is too bad. But let's just say on a flyer that Washington gets the victory. They have the Giants. They have Jacksonville. They have Tennessee. Their last other big game would be, last game of the year, Philadelphia. Three games for this Washington Redskins team and the way that the Dallas Cowboys can stumble all over themselves like they always do could make for a very NFC East, interesting NFC East, if Philadelphia falls off the page. Again, I don't have a lot to say about Monday Night Football. Without, I'm going to tell you right now, I would pick the Washington Redskins as Alex Smith was quarterback on that football team. I just would. So it should be really interesting to where they'll be. Now, that having been said, I'm trying to look. I, I got to get Cuervo. We need your picks. Ten minutes to kick off. That having been said, let's go to Tarvin's pick. As uh, he picked New Orleans just like everybody did over the Dallas Cowboys. So, Arizona's at Green Bay. He went ahead and went on the Green Bay side of it. Baltimore in Atlanta. He's taking the home team there as Cuervo and I both went Baltimore in that one. Miami is at home against Buffalo. Cuervo went Buffalo. Me and Tarvin are on Miami. Carolina at Tampa Bay. I'm the only one taking the stretch with Tampa Bay. Carolina picked for Cuervo and Tarvin. Chicago and the New York Giants, I'm the only one on the Giants. Chicago are picks for Cuervo and Tarvin. Now, again, we need to get Cuervo's picks in here, but uh, Tarvin and I are on Houston. We're also on Denver as well as Indianapolis, Rams and Tennessee, Kansas City, New England, Seattle, and uh, Philadelphia. But the only game we differ on is the Chargers getting the victory in Pittsburgh on Sunday night football. So hopefully we'll be able to get Cuervo's picks in here because we've got a couple of morning picks uh, that we need to get his picks for. I would hold off to the afternoon, but those morning games before we get into the afternoon are all important. He just saw my message, so hopefully we'll get his picks in here. So um, that having been said, that is the uh, – Oh, you're in the queue. Hold on. Let me bring him back. All right, Cuervo. All right, we got to blast through this as we only have six more minutes left to go uh, in the game. All right, yeah, Cleveland and Houston, what do you got? Yeah, we're going to do some rapid fire, Sonny. Uh, obviously, I think Houston's going to win. Uh, you know, kudos to Buffalo for that win last week against the Bengals, but, uh, but let's face it, Houston's a much better team. 
Absolutely. Denver at Cincinnati. I like Denver. I think Cincinnati losing to the Browns last week really demoralizes, you know, the the Bengals as a, you know, for the rest of the season. So, I'll take the Broncos. And they lost Andy Dalton for the rest of the season as well. So, that's yeah, also a that's good too. indicator. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. If you asked me to pick this game at the beginning of the year, I would have went Saxonville all day. But, uh, you know, obviously the train wreck that is the Jacksonville Jaguars has happened. I'm sorry to put it that way, Sonny. But, no, uh, I like it. It's the know, right word. You know, but uh, you know, I like the Colts. I've been high on the Colts ever since I've, you know, seen the improvement in Andrew Luck. He's, he's back to what we're used to seeing from him. So uh, I'll take Indianapolis. And then he, uh, that'll give them their sixth game uh, in a row as well in the victory side. Rams at Detroit. I'm pretty sure that you understand that the, if the uh, Lions can't beat your Chicago Bears with a backup quarterback, uh, the Rams might just wipe the floor with with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, this is going to be ugly for Lions fans. Uh, I, I would watch with caution if I were you. Uh, you know, the Rams in a dome stadium, they're going to have their way. So I'll take the Rams. Kansas City at Oakland. Kansas City 9-2. Oakland 2-9. and nine. Both teams lose last week. Okay, Sonny, Hunt. I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm going to take Kansas City, but I think it's going to be a very close game. This whole thing I think it is too. With, uh, with the Kareem Hunt situation is definitely on the minds of the Kansas City Chiefs. I will tell you now, I pick the Chiefs, but with very little confidence. Don't be surprised if the Raiders find a way to pull the upset. I, I just I want to know what the mindset of the head coach is. If it's that we want the number one pick, they lose the game. If they are really actually trying to win football games, then I want to go Oakland. But right now something tells me that they're more interested in the number one pick. It's the only reason why I win Kansas City. Because if they're actually playing, I would say that Oakland would win. The Jets at Tennessee, Jets 3-8, and eight, loser of the last five. Tennessee 5-6, five and six, loser of their last two. I'll take Tennessee, but I, I'm, I've got my eye on Marcus Mariota, how his health is, and, and that and that sort of thing. So, uh, I like the Titans. I just think they're a better football team. And a pretty good game, Minnesota six four and one. They won last week. New England at home at Gillette eight and three. They won last week. So a good one here. Kirk Cousins has to prove that he earns his money going up against the GOAT and the baddest man on the planet. As I did not give that title to Aaron Rodgers. No, and you shouldn't because he's not the goat. He's got one Super Bowl ring, and you know Thank he's you very pretty much holding his he's he's holding his team hostage by taking all the money. So uh, I kind of yep. need New England to win just to try and give the Bears a little bit more cushion in the division. So, uh, and by the way, the Patriots are very very tough to beat at home uh, in this time of the year. So I'll take I'll take Mr. Brady and Belichick all day. And not only that, this is a football team that needs a first-round bye. So we put it up on that one. Two and nine, San Francisco, loser of their last two. Seattle, who winner of their last two, six and five. I said it. I don't know how much you heard. I think Seattle's going to have a very good rest of the season. They're going to run the table. I'm actually a Seattle Seahawks fan now because they're, they're up on the regular pick. So Seattle and San Francisco, who you got? Yeah, eight. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome back to Seattle, Richard Sherman. It's, it, I think he's going to get a standing ovation. 
you know, for everything that he did for that Seahawks organization. Uh, but I think Seattle will, will get the victory. Um, and you know, I just don't think San Francisco has enough. Chargers, 8-3. and three. Pittsburgh, 7-3-1 and one on Sunday night football. You know, the Chargers are that team that always gives Pittsburgh fits. Uh, but I will say this, you know, the Steelers two weeks ago finding a way to, to pull pull off the win in Jacksonville. And then, uh, you know, just the way they've been playing lately, I, I think I think Pittsburgh will find a way to win this game. Uh, the Chargers being a warm weather team going to cold Pittsburgh catch-up field, uh, I'll take the Steelers. It's going to be 62. It's going to be a beautiful day out there, sun shining. So that's the nut, something to think about. Monday Night Football, Washington, 6-5. and Loser of the last two, no Alex Smith. Philadelphia Eagles, 5-6, and six, winner last week at home on Monday Night Football. Yeah, both teams will be 6-6 six and six after Monday night. I'll take the Eagles. I, I, I mean, yep. no Alex Smith. It's, 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 Washington's going to have a rough rest of the season. I don't see them winning more than one more game. Could you imagine if they had Alex Smith in the lineup? This is a football team that could be uh, vying for the NFC East if that didn't happen. Almost feel bad for them. But it is the Washington Redskins. So that's going to do it. That's three hours all blown away. We're all set and ready to go into Red Zone as we get to set and watch and see how our predictions are. Cuervo leads the league. 114-62 and 2, followed by Tarvin, 111-65 and 2. I'm bringing up the back, 108-67 and 2, five games behind. That's going to do it for us on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Check us out here next week as the Rowland Eagles take on the Rockwall Yellow Jackets. The Couch Potato Sports Show goes to high school basketball. We're out of here, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.